Or I think I got the beginnings of a herpes. Ow. The herp. Herp. Herp a derp. <laughs> there's, there's. Whoa. You have, you have left sound effect devices next to me. That's not a good idea. Danger. <laughs> Will Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits, coming to you from the Recycle Garage in sunny Santa Cruz, California. Hey everyone, this is Liza, and um, I just need to upfront give a warning for the show. Not like last week's show, uh, where we talked about porn and sex. In this show, we're all eating, thanks to Jim, who hey. brought candy. Hey there. So if you hear a lot of smacking and sound. That would be a gummy taco. What did you get, Emma? I got gummy pizza slice. Gummy French fries. Woo-woo. Gummy French fries. I'm down on the gummy fries right now. Sour, oh. sour gummy fries. And that's, Jim, that's as awful. brilliant as he is, yes. picked the candy with the crinkliest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't bring donuts this morning, so I had to make up for it. Yeah. Oh, by the way, oh. those, um, what were they? Breakfast croissants you brought the other day? Yeah, it was like hal- yeah. Well, there were some cronuts in the mix, but I think you had a jalapeno, an egg, jalapeno egg. Croissant. Those were great. Where'd you get where'd you get those from? Tre bon. Uh Ferrell's. The original Ferrell's on the west side anyway. So there's a shout out for a local business, Ferrell's Bakery on oh, yeah, the West Side. Well that was a damn good breakfast. Yeah. Bakery might be a stretch, but this mm. conversation is really reminding me of Cleveland Meadow guys. Lived a ride. <laughs> yes. to eat. Bagel got that joke. <laughs> 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 yes. No. Uh, Are we digressing? We'll go, uh, yeah, we're digressing. Hey, everyone. Well, you're the this, producer. Get this This is Eliza, and I will be herding the cats today. Wow. Wish me luck. Uh, in the hot seat tonight, it's Naked Jim. Hey, what's happening? I'm on the I'm the right hand dude tonight. I'm on your right. I'm, I'm within you know what punching distance. <laughs> You're in my usual seat. I got to keep it clean. And of course, I'm running the board because it's Stumpy John's anniversary. Well is done. Is it really? It is. Oh, the Stumpies are doing an anniversary thing. Okay. I wonder what is this about. a cra- congratulations or my condolences? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they're, they're still going strong. I think she said it, like 20 minutes. No, longer than that. I can't believe you didn't come up with stump anniversary. Oh, Stump. Oh, yes. Yes. It is the stump. And of course, uh, the head lip smacker herself, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darling. What are are you about to eat? No, I have an e-fruity sour corn cob. I I sincerely hope it's not corn cob flavor. (laughs) So um, I have a suspicion. God, this is crinkly wrapper. That's right. <laughs> Only the best. <laughs> Next time I'm bringing those little like bags of Doritos that are super crinkly. <laughs> Pure Mitchell Con plastic. I would just bring AJ in a, in a Harbor Freight tarp and he would just destroy all the sound rolling around in it. And if you have not yet recognized that, that familiar cackle, it's Z Traveler. <laughs> the familiar cackle. <laughs> hey everyone! <laughs> so no, yeah. and, and it's, talk- it's always evil. I have practiced, and, and we've already talked about rolling up in the tarp. <laughs> Didn't take long. Now, oh my word! And in uh, over by the open window, mm-hmm. looking so fresh, <laughs> back from his long 
trip. No, I was I was did uh, two months in Europe. I'm back for two weeks, and then we finish out the year with Portugal. I'm busy planning the next year. So yes, it's Cat McLeod. Cat McLeod in yes, the house. The man who abuses his knee pucks, uh, passport, and liver all around the globe. <laughs> yes, well done. And then of course, everybody's favorite scooterist. It's Bagel. Greetings from uh, somewhat cloudy Oregon. Oh, hey, look, the squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> Another shout out. So, how, how, Bagel, how is the weather in Valvita? Um, it was actually had some sun today, um, but it's been a mix. You know, some yes, rain. Autumn, some, autumn some is on clear. the way, isn't it? Yes, the leaves are changing colors, and uh, it's very wet here. Okay. Uh, we're going to get more wet tomorrow, but then we'll get a break for a few days, it looks like, maybe. So we'll see. Velveeta. Food trucks. I think of when I see Bingo. No, seriously, where is it? Like Oregon? Yeah, he's in Oregon. Actual town? Yeah, Yeah, according to us, it is. Yep, just west of Eugene. Oh, okay. It's not cold. I just came through that area. I got south before that uh, cold snap last weekend. It's called Venturi, I think. What's it really called again? What is the actual name of the place you live, Bagel? Ventana? Venita. Venita. Yeah. Although it is a wilderness. Um, I wanted to make a the home of the Oregon Country Fair. Oh, there you go. Oh, very good. Um, and and a and a giant garage, which I am so envious. I have garage yeah. envy every time <laughs> we see you. Um, quick update. Oh, thank you. I don't know if you guys know, but I put our t-shirts on sale. Oh, and they've been blowing out. Uh, sold out of all the you know the blue shirts with the evil Knievel wheelie. They're all gone. Every size gone, and every size of the. The new, the ones, the latest ones that are gray with the blue vintage racer only have XLs left, but they're on sale for 15 bucks. Grab them while you can, because once they're gone, they are all gone. And I, w- I would like to stress, these are beautiful quality t-shirts. They're not, they're not cheapo Filippos. No, but more so, I mean, whenever you go to a motorcycle event, you have to wear a motorcycle t-shirt. Everybody knows that. I don't. Yeah, I, I wear my I'm scuba shirt. <laughs> scuba. Well, you, I carry you one. Scuba shirt's got one. Yeah, I got a. I got a show. Cat's got one. No, yeah. I'm wearing scuba. Seriously. Okay, you can dive her down. Well, I said this, or I have my bunker biker HMFIC shirt. You know how it is. It's all gangster. So it's a perfect, perfect it shirt is, to wear. Ga- to, it's gangster. I like shit. any I, event. I, you know, my favorite. One of my favorite things I saw someone post this year. They were at Isle of Man, and you know who I'm talking about. Getting tattooed with an Isle of Man tattoo with their motorcycles and misfits shirt on. Nicely done. Oh, Alfredo? Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. Um, Do you know if... If my name oh, was Al- no, if my name was Alfredo, okay, I think I'd change my last name to Sauce. Because mm, mm. you're saucy like that. No, it'd be Alfredo Sauce. <laughs> Actually, oh. the, it, according to my uh, fr- my partner in Italy, Enrico, what we consider Alfredo in the United States. Is actually referred to in Italy as the dinner of the cheating wife. Really? Yes, because the sauce <laughs> is actually really easy to make. It smells and a it little takes, funny, and it takes like no time to make it, but it's oh. super delicious. So the Shit, concept I didn't defrost is, anything. Let's get this been, together. She's been, you know, having an affair with an and then quickly runs back and makes this fabulous meal for her husband because it's because it's so fabulous. But it takes no time to make because that's amore. Mm-hmm. Continuing the topic of things not related to motorcycles, things Jim, I just tried to take a bite what? of the gummy taco, and I think I dislocated my jaw like when a snake oh. unhinges to eat their prey, and I don't think it was supposed to do that. The well, sour here. gummy Coke was horrible. It, what, what are you like? like well, what do you all expect? Right, right. It's not like I made the it. Here, here's another taco. You put it on the other no, side. No, no, no. I'm good. I'm good. Um, 
wanted to give a, an update on the Africa Twin. Ah, yeah, you had a, oh, yeah. you had a, you, you had a pucker moment, didn't you? <laughs> there, there was a, <laughs> a few of us moment. did. But first, uh, I took it for a ride yesterday. Uh, Stumpies, the both the Stumpies, um, Mrs. Stumpy and Stumpy John. Uh, we decided to go for a ride up north, up up near your neck of the woods, Cat. Yeah. Uh, we were going to go way up to Tamales Bay, right up the coast, but it was a pumpkin festival. So no going up the coast, too much traffic. So we went up inland, up the Bay Area, and I just Googled in um, uh, oysters, mm. and I came okay. up with Point Richmond. There was an oyster house in Point Richmond. Yes, there is. Wow. Yeah. And so I'm like, all right, I found a place. We'll go there. And we went and rode Skyline Boulevard up through the Oaken Hills, mm-hmm. all through Berkeley, all the way down into El Cerrito. And I uh, had a nice, nice ride. That's what the Africa Twin is really perfect for. I, when we were slabbing it on the freeway, mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't be happier than right now. Oh, it's a comfortable place to be. I just, sure. I love slabbing. Especially with the Corbin seat. On a, on a big bike. Quite just, nice. Just solid, happy. Uh, did a good mm-hmm. ride. And we went and got oysters and never been to Point Richmond. That's a better place to be. Yeah. Have you been to Point Richmond? Yeah, of course. So I, I used to work out in Point Richmond. Well, so, what we didn't know was there. I'm just following my maps for an oyster house. It was in the old Ford factory mm-hmm. where they made uh, Jeeps and tanks during the war. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, but for that Model T's, and it's right next to, it was also the giant boat. Uh, shipyard mm-hmm. where they made the Liberty ships and the Victory ships during yes. the war. This is this is home of Rosie the Riveter, if you will. And wow. we discovered right next to the oyster restaurant was Rosie the Riveter mm-hmm. National uh, Landmark like yeah. museum thing. That that's one of those little known cool. facts. If you know, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So we had a wonderful time, and I feel good that I got to take the Africa Twin out for a good ride, but. I had somebody coming to look at it today uh, who asked for a test ride. And, you know, it, it being a DCT, mm-hmm. I, I asked the guy. I saw you mansplaining for a while. I did. Yeah. Well, first thing, he showed up and I went, oh, thank God you're tall. Yeah, you said that too. I'm like, why? You're trying to sell the spike, aren't you? Well, don't get me wrong. He, he was tall. Though. He's Asian and I could see his Facebook profile as an Asian guy. And I'm like, uh-oh. But he, he was tall, tall Asian. So we're good. Look, come on. You know oh, what I'm talking about. Oh, the judgy look going on over there. You know what I'm talking about. We're all no judging. judgment. No, we're Jim all judging you right now. Just refraining from comments. Um, but he has never ridden a DCT and didn't really understand what DCT meant. He's just looking for a larger bike. Yeah, it like he could dunk. Twin, right? And uh, so I explained it to him and he um, got his gear on. But he was wearing shorts and sneakers. But he put his helmet and gloves on. Okay, that's and a jacket. good start. I'm like, yeah. all right, good enough. And... Uh, I explained to him how the DCT works, all the settings, this and that. I had him start the bike. I touched the drive button. When you're not revving it up, it still is neutral, but it's in drive. I said, it is now a loaded gun. Treat it as such. And he, oh, and he reached up with one hand to the throttle and blipped the throttle. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, the- you have to have both hands on the bars. I just told you this is a loaded gun. This thing is ready to go. No, it's like a scooter. It's a scooter. But still, but yeah. still treat it as if, you know, it's in gear. And so, oh, okay, okay, okay. So, and I had, I had pulled the bike out and I aimed it pointing out the driveway best as I could. I've learned. We well, so, kind of aimed it at new guys Ducati. Well, since I had parked it there first, 
Then, uh, yeah, uh, Nick had shown up and parked his Ducati scrambler. Then Jim showed up and his 450 and parked kind of mm, just with the tails. What we thought was out of the way. Yeah, you know. Uh, And so. How naive was that? How foolish. So he hit the throttle a little harder than you should and he shot straight at their bikes. So he swerved to the right, but the bike is still accelerating. Because you don't have a clutch, you can't stop it from accelerating. And he was heading towards the curb of the the in the turn of the exit, and he swerved, and then he was zigzagging towards the house that's alongside the driveway, and then he swerved and straightened it, and then came to a stop at the end of the driveway, and I think took a second to recover. He turned around and said, "I'll take it." <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> no, okay. uh, and then he went and did a little test ride, and I was literally shaking. From watching that, <laughs> I jumped out. I jumped out of the way. I, I told them, "Like get out of the way." As a joke. Well, yeah, no help. You mansplained to him for like half an hour about everything about the bike, and then you launch him out. And before you t- before you turn him loose, you yell over like across the parking lot at me, Jim, look out! <laughs> See, all that proves is that mansplaining doesn't work. It was no matter exactly. how much you do it or the tension behind it, people don't listen. Yeah. But you know, you said something to me, Liza, that. As as much of a pucker moment as it was, he kind of did everything right. Yeah, he recovered. And so, so he he was obviously an experienced rider who just had never experienced an well, automatic launch. Yeah, it I, is kind of weird. Launch. I was I was he, literally. He I wouldn't I wouldn't say he did everything right. I would well, say he did not do everything wrong. No, so yes. yeah, I was well literally said, like well just said. from the adrenaline, like oh right. that was really close. I was like, dude, you almost bought three bikes. Um, <laughs> yeah. He came back and I said, hey man. That was a bit of a pucker moment. You need a towel or anything? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm good. I said, but I just want to say that you reacted right. You did everything right. You didn't seize up. You didn't grab brake. You just changed direction as you needed and kept control of the bike. Well done. You did a good job. Uh, and he said, yeah, yeah, cool, thanks. Yeah, he goes, well, uh, I'll think about it. See ya. His current bike's an SV650. <laughs> Yeah, he's ridden a bunch bunch of bikes, mm-hmm. but SV, I think SV650. The corn tastes like buttered corn. It, yeah, I know. It's mm-hmm. not the greatest flavor. So that was that was a bit of a pucker <laughs> moment, um, mm-hmm. but he uh, he did a good job. What, I, did he, what did he not like about the bike? Well, I think the... That noise. He did <laughs> not like that noise. That was yeah. Emma crossing her legs. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was getting steamy in here, so I thought I needed to get the temperature down. So um, the DCT is a harder, harder sell. <clears throat> but and and but Jim and I argue here. But I say for somebody who doesn't have a lot of dirt experience, that it could be a good intro to dirt riding because you can really just focus on balance and position and control and not worry about what gear you're in. Very uh, you true. Know, you know, Very the, true, and it works great. Truth be told. Um, it it doesn't matter what you're talking about. Unfortunately, the reality is, as motorcyclists, we we do tend to be quite a reactionary bunch. And anytime something new comes along, whether it's DCT or automatic transmission in general, electric propulsion, just Nikon's GTS one thousands, anything that really pushes the envelope, a natural reaction is to run screaming from the room. <laughs> And then kind of peering around the corner and, ooh, that might be a good idea. Um, 
And I, uh, from an engineering standpoint, I think the DCT, I'm, every time I ride your bike or anything else with a DTT, DCT, I think this is amazing. They they work. What else? I've seen them on other odd seemingly right. bikes. What else do they put that on? The well, they, it's the, the MC seven hundred, eleven hundred Ravel Goldwing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gold yeah, and it works. Goldwing's like the big one. It works one. quite well. It 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 works amazingly well. That said, it's not my bag, baby. No. Most people I know who pick one of those up, they're older and they have arthritis. Or something wrong with their wrists or hands that be. it makes it something for them to continue being able to ride. It's just it's another way to to do it, but it does it well. That's all right. I, I don't use the clutch at all on on my Multistrada or on the S one thousand RR on the racetrack because once you've clutched out from first gear, it's you know it's it's a clutchless machine. But I'm not sure I'd want my bike shifting gears for me. Right. That that kind of seems invasive to yeah. me. Yeah. It, it cramps my style a little bit. I, I get that the technology is incredible. Just call me a control freak. I was say, I You're think we're control all control freak. freaks. Yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> you can dial it in to act mm-hmm. the way you want it. And it also has uh, uh, throttle, uh, uh, oh. uh, what do you call switches. Uh, a paddle shifter? Paddle shifters on the... Yeah, so but also hang override. on. You see, I'm going to play devil's advocate with this because it may have a thousand modes, but... But a w- bitch ain't one. But, <laughs> <laughs> but if, when you're riding a manual transmission bike, every scenario you come up to, every intersection, every traffic light... Every corner is slightly different, and you can make the adjustments in your brain. If you've set up your Africa Twin for, say, sport riding, and it's launching a bit harder and changing a bit snappier than you, say, want for that corner, what you have to go through to get it into a mode where it'll behave well in that corner. One press of your thumb. One press of your thumb from sport to drive. Well... Here's well, well, here's where I think yeah. the big difference is with the DCT is the more tech. So it, it so it's a bitchin' touring bike. It's super capable on the street. I mean, it's very nimble for a big bike with a big front tire, but it's also a big ass dirt bike, right? It's right. a CRF one thousand, right? So it's a big dirt bike, and I have like I have one also, right? Mine's manual transmission, and if you ride it like a big dirt bike, it rides like a dirt bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, right? So so where I would be curious to try yours, I'm not saying it's good or bad because I haven't experienced it because I've been super impressed with it so far. But I was up in, uh, got like French Meadows Reservoir. Up, uh, this is just west of, of Lake Tahoe up at 7,000 feet. And I stumbled on some Jeep tracks, right? And I was feeling good about my riding. I've been riding for a few days. And the Jeep stuff can be almost like trialsy, like very kind of challenging. And nothing was too hard, right? But it was sl- very slow, first geary stuff, like kind of stepping up things. And I'm not sure how the DCT would have been in that. So I think I, I have I an answer for you. Yes. Well, I would say if you're on the racetrack like Cat does, or if you're on some extreme terrain like you do, you're probably going to want that refined clutch control. Yeah. Yeah. Simply said, there's pros and cons to it. But yeah. There are other places where it's a where it's it's that, a pro. That's what I would say. If yeah. the bulkier riding is is fire but, roads and and street and all that kind of stuff, the DCT is a great option to look at. The more the more technical of your dirt riding gets, the the more I would be curious about how the DCT performs. Well, even uh, the what I summarize is when we both first got ours and we went to Old Coast Highway, and there's some a couple tight switchbacks yeah, while you're going uphill to get your, or downhill. Get your heart rate going. And we were riding together, and you're having to like. <clears throat> 
blip, 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 blip the clutch yeah. and get around. And I just literally stood there and just, well, yeah, it was like a, a steep it uphill, was a, a steep uphill hairpin that was kind of loose and rocky. And where I have to feather the clutch and like keep my eyes up and my balance out. And it's all, it's all the clutch stuff. Uh, Liza didn't have to worry about your clutch. And we don't, when you're dirt biking and you don't have to worry about clutch control, is it better it or worse? I don't balance know. Balance and direction. That was all I focused you on. You have a lot more mind. It's like fire trails. You have, you have yeah. a lot more mental. Your mind has a lot more freedom when you're not worried about the clutch. Yeah, so anyway. I use that as an example. So for somebody who's he doesn't have dirt riding experience, I said, this be, could be a great bike for It would be good for him. But also it's good for commuting and right. riding through the city, stuff like that. So I, I'm reminded of a, a phrase that pops up a lot. It's ahead of its time. And you hear this mm. a lot about cars, about bikes, about design. It's ahead of its time. And as a reminder, you are really hard pushed to find an electric bike with manual transmission. So yeah, well, you're hard find hard pressed to find any manual transmission cars now. Right, exactly. So twenty years from now, yeah, because the technology is there. These cars right. operate great. Do you see the DCT in side by sides? Or is that a different type of? Like, no, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't. I don't have much to do with side. Yeah, I know. You, I I'm sure if they have DCT, it's yeah. going to be similar to the Honda system. Because you could pop I mean, the whole the whole side. dual clutch transmission thing involves computer control of changing gears, and you know it works it by having two clutches to basically negate the use for you using your left hand. I think Z nailed it. If you're uh, old and have arthritis, I think it's the bike for you. <laughs> I also have another friend who got it because he wants to be able to wave at everyone very enthusiastically and it oh. frees a hand up. And you'd have a cup of coffee. Yeah, but I do that on my Multistrada but just because it's it's because it's auto it's auto clutch, but it's not automatic transmission. We never oh, even yeah. got into the waving in UK thing. It, well, you can't do it. You can't do it. You can't wave in the UK. I do. Well, because you can't take your hand you're on the, the other side. To you're, wave. you're on the other side of the road. I know I've ridden motorbikes in Scotland <laughs> quite a bit, and I make the effort to wave whether sure. well, other people do or not. So how they wave in like the, well, the Alps in the UK, in Germany, they, they just like lift their two fingers off the handlebar. That's like the wave. What I discovered, what we Isn't discovered, this thing? Is there's a head lilt. It's a head nod. It's, yeah. a lilt. it's not even a nod. It's a lilt. Yeah, it's a lilt. <laughs> There, there's a thing. It does anyway. Uh, and and another update. I wanted to be, give a big thanks to Josh and Brandon. Josh, who helped me get the e-scooter fixed. Oh what? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, you got the e-scooter going. So you remember back in Josh was July, balls deep in July, it like a week or two ago when I decided I forgot the key and I decided to use a knife and try and. Hotwire it. That's what I learned. Don't try and hotwire an electric vehicle. Because that was smoke, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and so I assumed it had toasted the controller, and I replaced the controller. That didn't fix it. How much was that controller? 50 bucks. Okay, so not expensive. Um, But I was persistent. I wanted to figure this out. I thought this is a perfect example. Like, if you want to rebuild an engine, your first engine should be like, a lawnmower, you know, something really simple. And so I took this as a simple version of an electric vehicle that has the battery and a controller and, a you know, a throttle and all the things. So they helped me um, kind of rule things out and best guess and figured out that it was the throttle assembly, hmm. which we still hmm. don't understand how it works because it's not a throttle like on a motorcycle at all. What's the rear step? Yeah, but I, I we couldn't figure out exactly how the contacts worked, but we literally 
broke it in pieces so that we could see where all the wires went and what their function was. And I simply bought a $15 throttle off of Amazon for a e-bike. That's amazing. Yeah. And which had completely different wire colors, mm. but because we had broken this thing apart, I could see, well, this is going up here, so that's probably the hot, and this is the, the okay, and that, these two are the control, all right, and I just twist all the wires together, turn it on, and it worked. I'm like, holy shit. Don't you love it when that happens? Wow. I can't believe you, you So then I properly soldered everything and put it all back together, and now it works. Ready for Laguna Seca. Ready for Laguna Seca. <laughs> <Next> <laughs> Just remember the key this time. I actually I know, took I it for a ride down Washington Street, <laughs> yeah. and everything was going very well. It's quite stable. Didn't you learn about this when you were in Germany? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was quite stable. But I, I was wearing my lovely pink Malta hat. Mm. And I thought my hat was going to come off. I like that hat. I like that hat too. So I thought my hat was coming to come off. So I lifted my left hand off the handlebar to put it, my hat back on. And instantly the bike <laughs> tried to kill me. Just oh, no. within a millisecond, it tried to dash me to the pavement. And it was only by my sheer fortitude in my right arm. I mean, it's absolutely <laughs> the grace of God. And I did learn this lesson in Munich. And... No, I wrecked that e-scooter on the oh, last day. Oh, right, yeah. right. Your low side of the thing. Huh? Yeah. Just, <laughs> oh, How do you low side a scooter? I, mean, <laughs> I think she had a high speed like one. Barrel racing. Okay. No, I, I low sided it and I had to sit in the grass and have a little cry. Yeah. And you know what hurt the most? There was men sitting outside the bar and they were laughing. Your ego. They were laughing at me. Well. It yeah. hurt a lot. That was deserved. Um, hey, I wanted to get real quick to Z. Hi. It's been a while since uh, we've seen you. Yeah, where did you come from? For our British friends. Uh, so when a man and a woman do this thing, <laughs> that's where I popped out of. Uh, and you bury a goat skull in the ground. So and, okay. She, she rode yeah. up on the old trusty DR350. That's rad. How, oh, my God. 85,000 miles. It's if not that supposed bike to do that. Stories, that's amazing. The bike is the most abused bike on the planet. Just ask it. A kickstart only DR350. Yeah. Good God. And you love that thing. How, the bike's my in soul therapy bike. for years yeah. describing all the abuse. It's, it's the taken. bike that no matter what it does to me, I love it so much I'll keep fixing That's it. That's a bike to love. Wow. I have two parts bikes that I bought just to keep this thing running. So where have you been nice. since we last saw you? I follow you on social media. So I haven't been here since 2019. Mm, yeah. What? Wow. No. Yeah. That's the last time I was no. here. I'm pretty sure. Well, you don't look like you've maybe. aged at all. You look I exactly you the, the same. Wema rally a year ago, but I haven't been to the. Yeah, I know. I know. Since. Yeah, maybe. I mean, there was a time when Z was quite the regular here. Do you not remember? Yeah. Liza? Yeah. I was on like a dozen shows. So, um, w list off all the places you've been. You know, since then, that's I've I've drank a lot since then. I can say <laughs> this year I've been from Panama to Alaska. There so I started well, out in Tennessee, and I went down to go. Panama. I was there in February. Good gosh. Mm -hmm. And then I came back up to Tennessee and fixed my bike some more, and then went to Alaska. And now I'm heading back to, t to Tennessee again to fix my bike again. <laughs> and you go between your Versus and the DR? Yeah. So like, if I'm doing something off-roady or adventure-y, and that's the, it's, it's the I'm living my life, that's where I'm on the 350. If I'm out doing work, which is like going to events and doing presentations and stuff, I'd be on the Versus. Because that bike will get me there. Well, and I wanted to talk about that because you've been working very hard on a project. Well, multiple projects, really. All the projects. But it's uh, all your work has come to fruition. You wrote a book. I did. 
I Dude, you're book. an author. Authoress. What is it? What do we call it? Author. 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 Pretty sure author is gender neutral. Laureate. Hey. We call her a laureate. Yeah. Can I, can I be mistress <laughs> author? Author mistress? A mistress? Know. I think you get paid You wrote a book. So, Emma, you like that kind of the bad porn, don't you? Oh, I love bad porn. Yeah. Yeah. No, or is I it live, bad erotica? I try. No, I, I. Yes. I try and live my life based on bad erotica. Mm, that explains a lot. That must make ordering pizza really interesting. It does. The pizza guy actually is terrified coming to my house. Her toilet doesn't work regularly, probably weekly. So, what is your book called? It's called The Motorcycle. It's called Motorcycle Vagabond Epiphanies. So I, it's about 55,000 words, 197 pretty pictures that I've taken. Awesome. I did almost the entire thing uh, besides <coughs> proofreaders. Um, I have a new order of books coming in to my product manager guy. He just helps me ship stuff. So he's getting a, an order of 50, but you can buy it as an ebook anytime on my website, ztraveler.com. And so hopefully I'll have some of those at the events I'll be at next year. And I'm hoping to write another one this winter that will be about Panama to Alaska. But I just got the cover. I don't even have a title for it yet. Well, and, and for people who aren't familiar with you, uh, I know you, you've been around a lot, but you are a motorcycle vagabond. You don't have a home. Yes. So I'm seven years on the road, and this book is yeah. tailored to people who want to live on their bikes. It, there's some good advice for awesome. traveling and camping, like motorcycle camping and stuff. And AJ calls it a poorly disguised philosophy book. Um, it's it's actually just how to be a better person, but I, I tailor it as how to be a better motorcycle traveler. Well, it's a way of life. It is. You know, teaching people, you know, how to be gracious to the people around the world who will take you in and help you when you break down. Because if you live on the bike, you're you're always at home, but you're never with your amenities. So you need to, like, be able to do these things and you need to understand how you're going to change as a person. So I talk a lot about that. It's I talk about being a famous writer and how that just sucks balls, really. <laughs> Like I, I really like I go into it. Everyone thinks it's so great to be the sponsored rider and do all this cool shit. And it's like you don't understand the other side of the coin. Everyone's talking shit about you constantly. And then you've got, if you're sponsored, especially you've got bosses down your throat about content. You know when it's coming up, what it is. It's work. You put, it is, you put it's a job. In, you put in work, and yeah, you did it. You got a book published, but it's just your first, right? Yeah, and I self published it, so I just print them and sell them myself. But well, the, I mean, the big question is how are sales going? Uh, I wanted to sell 100. That was my metric of success. I've sold 150. Oh, great. So I got another well 50 done. coming in. Congratulations. And I should be able to get quite a few sold next year as I go around and do presentations about what I do on the road. And I always, I'm always seeing your posts where you're dealing with some sort of issue on the road. It's like something's broke and I'm in a campground. And now, like, you rely on people to help you all the time. You figure it out, you get right. the help, you get to where you need to go, uh, which is, is amazing. I mean, you've created a network, which makes sense because you've also created a network through Bunkabiker. How many countries is this in now? Bunkabiker has 3,400 hosts in 58 countries with about wow. 50,000 members. Yeah. Get well, out. Wow. I can't really count the numbers all the way because you don't have to be on Facebook for it. But if you were to take all the Facebook group numbers together and then just like add 5,000, it's probably 50,000. How do you find it? Bunkabiker.com or Bunkabiker on Facebook. If you type it in, there's a bunch of groups. I am going to circle back to your book just for a moment. Well, hold, hold on. Yeah, but Bunkabiker, for those who don't know. Yes, is. is It's basically a host and, and a I need a place to stay matching site, right? Pretty much. It's free. Yeah. Um, bikers on the road who need a place, yeah. a, a room, a bed, a camper, a tent. Yard space. Yard you know. space. 
People, and, and even people who can't host. So if you have mm-hmm. a, tool, a trailer or you have tools, you can come help someone or you just want to meet up for coffee or tell them yeah. all about the local stuff. You, you can be a pin on the map for that, too. It's really a network supporting vagabonds and travelers. Right. And it, yeah. you, I, it's vetted, isn't it? So it's safe for the person who's traveling. Generally, it's safe. Oh, for Z, the... don't mess around. She will shut it down. Right. It's actually not vetted. So I tell everyone it's kind of on you. If you don't feel comfortable with the host or guest you're speaking to, you should tell them no. Okay. So I kind of put it on everyone else, but if you know that doesn't work out and someone does something crappy, I ask for screenshots and I investigate it. I get both sides of the story, and if I find out you were less than admirable in your behavior, you will be blasted. And a lot of people take it very seriously if you get banned from Monkey Biker because my mm. list is very short. And what the hell did you get banned <laughs> from this community? It's a beautiful community bringing people together and helping right. bikers. What did you fucking do? So there you go, Bunker Biker. Emma, you had a question. Yeah, no, I was going to circle back to your book because gift giving season is coming so um your book is it adult content um so could i gift it to my mum? could i gift it to a teenager yeah there's a few cuss words in it but it's mostly <gasps> pg you cuss i do cuss right but it's actually remarkably professional um i Everyone has told me I tell it and like I'm telling a story. They really like the pictures. I do some cool graphics in there. But it's uh yeah, it's it's for anyone who is interested in hearing what it's like to be someone who's been on their bike for seven years. This is like the first book I would say is starting someone on their first year on the road. All the advice I could give you that I wouldn't ever have time mm, to do right. in person. Because I mean, to me that's incredibly interesting content. As somebody you know, I am quite timid when it comes to traveling, which may surprise a lot of people because you know, the things I do with Kat and because I'm going to Vietnam. But what you do is so beyond what would be comfortable for me. I think it'd be incredibly interesting reading your book. Um, and I would love to be able to gift it to somebody. So um, I'm guess what is the name of the book again? Motorcycle Vagabond Epiphanies, which comes off like my brand name at this point. Because my first Facebook group, six months into being a vagabond, I started Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds right. on Facebook. And so Motorcycle Vagabonds been my thing. I've got the rally. I did my fourth year this year. My fifth year will be next year. I got this book. Is it on Amazon? How do people buy it? ZTraveler.com. And you can just find Motorcycle Vagabond Epiphanies at the tab at the top. Okay. And so I'll give you a, I'll give you an ebook copy if you talk about it on the show when you read it. And uh, have you met AJ, her travel partner? Oh yeah. So you remember that AJ's old, a good egg. old Harley he was riding? Yes. Did you hear what happened to it? No. He's not riding it anymore. Oh, he got t-boned. Yeah. Oh no! A very slow Ooh. speed t-bone, and of course it was a small town, so he got called at fault. But his Harley had one hundred seventy three thousand miles on it, and they hit the. Wow. He was turning left, and they hit him. So on the right side, and just blew up the saddlebag again. And the rear, the rear swing arm and everything back there needed to be replaced because it had so many miles on it. They didn't want to fix it. It was like, I think they had like 50 hours of labor just right. to get that fixed. And Harley's like, yeah, you get anything over 25 and it gets totaled. Mm. So he got totaled and he got a, he's got a two th- 2023 Yamaha Tenere 700. <laughs> okay. And okay. Yeah. he bought it from, it took, it took me calling 20 dealerships to get this lined up we went to south carolina to get it and then we went to alaska it's already got twenty five thousand miles on it wow is this the 2023 yes okay so How's he's got running? the one with the with the updated suspension so it's better now i didn't know that it had updated suspension the we just suspension got the suspension was the key thing. issue before before that so so yeah. it's been it's yeah. been road tested i thought you'd find stuff. that interesting what's the uh, how, how are the reviews 
it's a big change for him. Like he was a cruiser guy before this, yeah. and this is an entirely different thing. Like he said, he tells a story. He's used to fly by wire on a Harley. You can downshift twice, but the the bike will do what it like it needs to do, despite what you do to it. The Tenere does exactly what you tell it to do. So he doubled double dropped gear, uh, the gears and almost threw himself off of it <laughs> pretty early into having it. And he's like, Oh, it does exactly what I asked for. It's, it's very like, it doesn't have all the nanny controls on it and stuff. <laughs> and so he kind of learned that the hard way. Well, as you know, the fun begins where the pavement ends a lot of the time. So right, he's learning so. that we did like the Denali highway in Alaska. We did chicken. We went up to the Arctic circle sign on the Dalton, you know, he's uh he still says that he's not a huge off-road rider. And he, you know, we both complain about the same type of like hard pack with rocks on top that feel like marbles. But he's getting a lot more comfortable. He likes having the ability to do these roads because like he's got uh, 400, 440,000 miles on cruisers across the U.S. Mostly, I mean, he's gone to Alaska a couple times on the Harley and the Victory. But 440,000 miles, they say there's 1 million miles of pavement in the U.S., but not all that's worth riding. Yeah. So he just like he needs more options. I mean, he he came down to see me in in Mexico on the Harley, and could not find parts. I can tell you all kinds of crazy stories. Like seven hundred and fifty dollars for a two hundred fifty dollar tire in Mexico because they come up here to buy them and bring them down. Because if you buy one there, they blow on on the big bikes because they don't have them. He couldn't even find an oil filter in Cancun where you think that there would be, you know, expats riding Harleys. Now it's it's all like the street five hundreds, the street seven fifties, the you know the uh. Oh, what's the Sportster stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. That's the only Harleys you'll see down there if you see them. Wow! Wow! And they shut Big down change. most of the Harleys down there too. They're all t-shirt shops unless it's in Guadalajara, <laughs> Mexico City, or uh, wow. Monterey. So, mm. what would you say was more difficult, um, riding up to Alaska, doing the whole Dalton Highway, or going down through some of the the, the Central America cu- countries? Difficult? How? Well, there's challenges on either way. Um, which one was more challenging? Probably Central America, because I know that if I were to mess up, while you're really remote in Alaska when you mess up, at least I can speak the language and I have connections. Mm. Down in like Honduras and Guatemala and Nicaragua, the roads are horrible. I don't speak the language. Like you can't trust the cops. Right. And they they don't warn you for anything down there. It's very much good luck. <laughs> So, like, I'm pretty good at riding like that, but it's it's always that extra hyper-awareness. And the street dogs, like, I actually got hit by a street dog in Honduras. Dogs, no joke. Dogs, They yeah. are no joke. I almost went down. It, it came up my front wheel and caused me to, to wobble real bad, and I was mm-hmm. able to keep it, but it broke my Speedo cable, so I had to manually track for the rest of the trip down to Panama and back up. Uh, that, that was not very fun, but the, the dogs was a big thing. I didn't see hardly any wildlife down there besides dogs. And I guess you can't really say that's wildlife, but <laughs> they're stupid. <laughs> Depends on the dog. So dogs are just dumb. Where are you going next? Uh, We're going to be heading out. So I'm off off the road for the next couple months. Got to repair both the Versus and the 350 for the next couple years. Um, We're going to fly to India. We're going to do five weeks, five-ish weeks in India, five-ish weeks in Thailand slash Cambodia, Laos, maybe Myanmar or uh, Vietnam if the bike rental will let us take them to that many countries. And then we're going to do two weeks in Java in between those two. So about 12 <laughs> weeks in Eastern. Nice. And uh, in, in uh, Southeast Asia. So I might just run into you in Pakistan one day. Should, I wouldn't be surprised, would I? Maybe. Well, Unfortunately, those, those country. Yeah. <laughs> and you kind of you can't get to it from the other ones that I, of countries I'm willing to go through right now. You can get to it from India. Oh, can you? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. You can get to it from China. You Not going to China. You can get to it from Iran. Not going there either. Not yet. A bunch of stands. After that one. 
After that one, we're going to be doing like Af- South Africa or S- South America, but we're, we're doing so, the flying so thing. You're just, you're really exploring. This is, you're just going to keep rolling all over the world. Trying to. Not, I'm not around the world traveler, though. That's something I explained. Uh, I got book. news for you. I'm not. And I'll tell you're, you why. So I live in my motorcycle, and to make it affordable, I have yeah. to stay in this country yeah. most of the time because, like, everyone's like, oh, these countries are so cheap. They're really not. Yeah, but you need more content to write for books. I still have like five books like preloaded. Everyone wants to hear my story about getting on the road. I'm going to write. Oh, here, here's this. The title for my 350 book. I'm going oh, yeah, yeah. to write about all the things I've done to my 350. I'm going to call it my DR 350 and butt stuff. Why I'm anal about maintenance. <laughs> <laughs> so like, like all it. the things I've messed up, like grounding out the stator. Shorten it to butt like stuff. It. Butt stuff. Yes. Why are you looking at me, Emma? No. <laughs> oh, she's making heavy eye contact. Butt stuff. Emma, speaking of butt stuff, you got a candy under your I ass. hit you with a Coca-Cola. Oh, you did? <laughs> yes. Oh, lucky me. Because Z, Z so, liked them so much. Z, and you're just here for a day, and then you're heading off again. Yeah, staying down with a friend in Marina tonight, and then heading back to Tennessee. I my saw transmission that, is fucked I up. saw that Marina mm. had a, uh, oh, she, what's it called? A pin. Yeah, it had a pin. Yeah, so he's a blue pin, because ah. his wife does not trust people, but because ah. we have met multiple times and we're friends... He pushed the envelope to allow us to stay in his camper. So we're, we're, we're hoping actually, to sway his wife over there. Yeah. Change her mind. We're, we're actually going to ride home together. Oh, lovely. Yeah, it'd be a nice ride back. Nice. So for people who want to follow you, best way to do so is? Facebook. So I'm on Z Traveler on Facebook, Z-E-E Space Traveler 1L. Um, you can find me on ztraveler.com, but the website's kind of messed up right now because I've had to move it. And then I run Bunk a Biker. You'll see my work there as an admin. Uh, next year, keep an eye out on my Facebook. I should be doing five or six presentations about the stuff I know about. And stuff. I really encourage people to have a look at Z's stuff. It it really is worthwhile content. And, you know, I hate to say it. I think Z's living the life. That legit. It's yeah. fully it's, legit. Uh, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely jealous of it. I wish I was a little bit braver and I could live a life like that. Uh, yeah, that takes the, the courage is, is crazy. Because I remember, what was it, five years ago? Like five years ago, you came through. I was like, wow. Yeah. You've been doing it the whole time. And yeah. So let's see if we can sell some of those books as well. Because, yeah. you know, that'd be really interesting read. For somebody who likes bikes, it's maybe just starting out. You know, you know I think it would be, be worth like? it for the packing list alone. Oh, absolutely. So the chapter that's about gear, it says it's not a packing list. Because <laughs> there's no packing list I can right. give you that's going to be successful. Bag. Well, of course, because it varies from from different locations and different bikes. But still, there are certain items that I talk you know. about how you should start figuring it out for yourself, like how to build your own toolkit. Yeah. Well, and you were able Definitely. to get something out of our gear room today. I did. There was a uh, full rain suit in there that would fit AJ. There you go. Oh, that's great. So we're gonna take it to India. Great. Another happy customer. Some free stuff. <laughs> well, I love it that you just know you can just. Drop in, just show up anytime. Don't it's go more, ahead, just show up. It's always more. Like, su- hey, it's, it's, a, it's always more interesting when you get a surprise. It's been years, and it's like, yeah, oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, it's just like nothing has changed. That's pretty cool. And then, cat, yeah, it's been a while since I seen you. I think I last saw you in the hotel lobby at Woking. <laughs> exactly. But yeah. nevertheless, another guest who is always welcome. <laughs> you've you've done a lot of stuff since I last saw you. Yeah, we did the uh, the what well, we call it the Italian Dream. This is uh, Rome uh, through Tuscany to Mugello, and we entertained uh, a coach from Yamaha Champions Riding School, who's also a professional racer, Isaiah Davis. Uh, who's a brilliant writer, but uh, 
still kind of a kid and he was <laughs> he was a bit of management but he's become a really good coach as well um we tried out a new route uh from siena to volterra and tore it up uh with uh my passengers also my uh, italian partners are under orders to try to find us just the right town for a motorcycles and misfits training tour so you guys can come mm-hmm. explore Tuscany. Oh, fantastic. But I want just the right town. You know, it's got a couple of restaurants. It's got a decent sized hotel. It's not too big. It's got a gas station, you know. Yeah. Nice, Do, nice place. Better yet, does it have a scooter for Bagel? So bagel will have to get his scooter in Rome. <laughs> Sorry. I keep trying that's Bagel. Okay. I'm persistent. I can, I can ride from there. That's, that's where the scooters are at. They're, they're, they're in Rome. There's tons of scooters available. Ooh, Bagel. Maybe we can get you I on can, that tour. Yeah. Well, I can do that. I want to I <laughs> catch up and hear more because I know you've done a lot of stuff yep. and award-winning Mike was with you. Yeah. But first, yes. I want to get to a game that okay. we set up Ooh, game time. for you. Are you ready? Okay. It's back by popular demand. It's the dating game. This week, we have an eligible bachelor, Cat McLeod. And he's looking for love in all the wrong places. He's looking concerned at the moment. We've got three eligible fillies for him to choose from. Will it be... Number one, number two, or number three? Only time will tell. Are you ready to play the dating game, Cat? Yes, I am. And I'm almost concerned I'm going to get too filthy with this one. But you know what? I have to remember, this is the Motorcycles and Misfits podcast, and you guys don't care. Okay. Is there such thing as too filthy here? No. Okay, so let's have our eligible fillies introduce themselves. Hi. I come in a variety of colors and and i want to take you for a ride wow number two introduce yourself yeah that's you (laughs) (laughs) i have no idea how to say hi apparently she's a tad shy it's okay it's i am a little shy i can be a little hard starting but once you get me going I like to go for all the adventures. Oh, all right. gosh. All right. And number three, mm-hmm. introduce yourself to our eligible bachelor. Hello. I am large. I am long. <laughs> and I like to cruise all day long. Oh, and big surprise. We've got a late entrant. Number four, introduce yourself to our eligible bachelor. Oh, if you're able to kick me over, son, we're going to go all night long, but you better wear your boots. My God. <laughs> okay. Um, do you have a question? Yeah. I'll, uh, am I supposed to ask a question for all of them or just one? No, you can. Um, let's I, hear your question okay, and I then you the, tell me who you want to direct it to. Um, well, it, it really, I guess, whoever would want to answer this one really is, is do you like I'm slick? Do you like them grooved or do you like them knobby? Oh, my God. I think I'm going to have to excuse myself from the room. (laughs) Number one. Well, I like to go out in all weather, but I prefer the tarmac (laughs) terrain. (laughs) 
So a little bit of groove gets my groove on. Number two. I'm knobby and naughty. We'll go wherever you want to go. The knobbiest. And number three, how do you respond? Uh, I am up for for any kind of writing pretty much, so I'm going to go for the grooved. Oh, you look groovy from here, honey. And number four. When you stroke me twice, my knobbies are going to scream across the (laughs) motocross track. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, eligible bachelor, do you have another question? Yeah, okay, let's let's keep it. Okay, your... The language that you speak, the language of love, what is it? Is it German? Is it Japanese? Is it English? Where do you find your passions when you speak about writing? What a question. Number one. Hi. (laughs) Hi, hi, hi. (laughs) That is my answer. (laughs) Number two. She stole my answer. No, no, no. (laughs) Number three. This is an interesting question. Um, I I speak German. Achtung! I speak a little Japanese. Hi, hi, hi! Exotic. A little, a little French, maybe. Zut alors et bleu. Other European languages as well. I'm 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 a little bit of a mix. Wow! Very exotic. Number four. Tomo arigato gozaimashita. Nanda yo. Okay, now, eligible bachelor, make this one count because this is your final question. Final question. Yes. All right. How fast can you take me? (gasps) Number one. Well, I'll tell you, with my uh, six-speed constant mesh transmission... <laughs> Meshy. And my... Mushy. <laughs> Mushy. Constant, like wet cardboard. <laughs> constant mesh constant. undergarments. <laughs> and my lubrication system wet sump. Because uh, <laughs> he got all the wet sump. Uh, I can take you all the way. In fact... I have a range of about 180 miles, so we can go all the way. Wow. Number two, how far can you take our eligible bachelor? With my 951 compression and six speed, (laughs) massive 30 horsepower, we can go about 150 miles before we got to take a break. (laughs) As soon as you fuel me back up, I'm ready to go again. (laughs) Number three, are you ready to go the distance with our eligible bachelor? Well, with my 1900cc engine, you would think I might not get that far, but I'm very efficient. And with my three and a half uh, gallon tank, I would say I could probably take you about ooh, 175, 180 miles. Number and, four. Oh, we will take you to the house of the seventh sun. Oh, with my what, what, with my 491 cc <laughs> air cooled two stroke engine. <laughs> Uh, we'll okay. run a hot and fast. All right. So, eligible bachelor, will it be <laughs> number one, number two, number three, 
Or number four. Nanda yo. Choose carefully. <laughs> I'm actually going to go for number three. It, ins- it has intrigued me because it's so variant and it sounds different. Mm. What on earth are you? N- number three. Oh, introduce yes. yourself. <laughs> I, I am very different. Um, you might even call me a unicorn. Are you playing um, with yourself right now? No. <laughs> <laughs> I am a custom-built um, 1.9 liter TDI turbo diesel motorcycle Whoa. made by a bloke in England <laughs> that, that has a Suzuki 1200 Bandit front end, <laughs> the front half of a Dnepr frame. Dnepr? Yeah. The entire the entire drivetrain from a Volkswagen TDI. <laughs> the entire uh, drivetrain. The the rear drive off of a an Audi TT. Uh and he's managed to cobble this all together into a working motorcycle that, that he commutes on on a daily basis about twenty to twenty five thousand miles per year. I'm actually impressed that anybody can get Scott. something like that to run reliably for that long. So so okay. kudos to him. Well, it's, you know what? It's it, amazing. It sounds like a marvelous choice, but <sighs> eligible bachelor, you have to face the three you rejected. <laughs> Number one, introduce yourself. Hi, my name is the Yamaha Niken. <laughs> <laughs> like, like wet cardboard yeah. okay <laughs> number two introduce yourself obviously i'm a suzuki dr350 it's like the only bike i know anything about <laughs> and number four Oh, Domo. CR500. Yes, CR500. You nailed a 1984. <laughs> Thank you. That, that, that bike well done. Absolutely rocket ship. Yes. I was trying to say explosive as much as I could. Oh, well, thank you well all done. for tuning in to another episode of The Dating Game. Tell them where they're going to go on their date. Yes, you two are going to go on a fantastic date to Liverpool, England. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, calm and down. what will they do there? Um, they will try and avoid getting the bike like stolen. stolen. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably the only bike that won't get lifted off the fucking pavement. Because <laughs> it'll be too heavy. Great. You got to get fabulous out Fabulous episode. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah, I got to bounce. I got this. Me and John are heading down to the desert on Tuesday. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yes. Mojave. So if, uh, we got it. We picked up somebody else, Guillermo or somebody's going to. So anyway, if you're looking for something to do between Wednesday and Sunday next week, we're going to be down in the Mojave Desert riding dirt bikes. Fantastic. Um, Much fuckery will occur. Do you think you'll be back <laughs> in time to give us a very, very quick ride report by next Sunday? Probably not. We'll be on the road. Okay. Yeah, well, the following Sunday, if we can chalk you in, because that's going to be an epic adventure. Yes. Oh, it should be fun. Desert season is upon us. Yes. Be right safe on. down All right, there. See y'all later. All right. Ciao, ciao. Ciao, ciao. Yeah. Well, there you go. Kat, you said you liked the dating game, so I thought yeah, we'd oh, no, spring I, that I on I absolutely you. loved it. I, I, <laughs> you got to prepare me a bit more next time. I could probably come up with some stuff that's really filthy. <laughs> Well, so um, you where were you with Mike? Because I know he was out with you. Right. Well, we I finished up the uh, Italian tour and uh, headed over to Spain 
and we did the Spanish Pyrenees to Aragon. I had a chance to talk with uh, my other guide, uh, David, who I'm also would like to bring on as a guest instructor to again run another motorcycles and misfits training tour for the Pyrenees. Oh, fantastic! Because David, uh, David, he's Catalan. He's a great rider trainer. He's a great guy, and he knows Catalonia really well, which is a fabulous riding area. You know, um, Catalonia is absolutely drop dead gorgeous and in my opinion barcelona is one of the great european it's a very cities. livable city uh, yeah it's it's, it's one well. of the great if you get that together you just sign me up as the okay. first guest well, because i mean it's absolutely it's a superb neck of the woods my my real key thing is with david is trying to find a good a Pyrenees destination. Again, it's all about the hometown of where we're going to base ourselves and have a good hotel, a couple of restaurants, a gas station, and off we go. I know for sure that the road called the N260, which goes all the way from the Mediterranean all the way to the Atlantic through the Pyrenees, that road will be featured because it you can't miss it. Right. And it's, it's always a great fun road. Anyway, I was on the tour for the Spanish Pyrenees to Aragon uh, tracking tour with uh, – it was the largest tour I think I've ever run. We had 22 people. Wow. Oh, that, that yeah. is even bigger than a Misfits tour. I have a tour suggestion for yes. you. Actually, Z did this tour. Z, was it, where did you ride the monkey bikes? Romania. Romania. Have oh, you heard about I, this? I definitely want to do Romania. I, I've wanted no, to they, ride the trans. They did it on monkey bikes. So this company, it's called The Adventurous. They're based <laughs> yeah. out of UK. Yeah. And they have like 50 or 55 Chinese made Honda Z50 knockoff bikes in Peru, Morocco, <laughs> Mongolia, and Romania, and you can rent them for the week. And they, they literally tell you, We're not telling you where to go. We'll teach you how to ride if you show up and you don't know. And then they set you off to bikes. go have an adventure. Right. Yeah. Not That's my, a real challenge. Not my ride. target market right. at all. <laughs> but I would enjoy it. But my target market would be like, No, are you kidding? So, but yeah, Romania is great. I, right? I love, love Romania. Do, Carpathian Mountains, you get to do yeah. the Transfiguration and yeah. the Transalpina. Those are like big rides. Right. Oh, yeah, that's a great ride. But I, would, I, I would like to chime in and just remind people what a Misfits tour is yeah. and what it means. Yeah. Um, originally, Kat came to us, and Kat's got a huge amount of experience running these very, very high end tours in Europe, which are absolutely five star all the way. And I had a lovely conversation with Kat a good few years ago now, and I said, you know, these tours are superb. But they're out of the reach of the working man and woman. Let's work on putting together a tour that Joe Average or Josephina mm -hmm. Average can afford. And that's really what Cat and Mouse did. And a Misfit tour, you get all the glamour of European tours. And it's a very, very high quality tour, no matter where it is. So it's the same pasta on all your trips? Really good pasta in the Italy <laughs> yes. tours, of course, yeah. Um, but if you can afford a used motorcycle, you can go on a Misfit tour. Mm -hmm. um, to give you an example, if you go on um, the Dolomites training tour, or even the Castles and Curves tour, if you are clever with your flight, you could have the entire holiday, that is flight, bikes, hotel, transfers food booze everything i think 4500 bucks is an attainable goal. yeah about 4500 or five grand you could easily do the tour. easily the, the way which the way we do it is um it's for beginners 
um, not beginner riders. It's for people who are not necessarily familiar with travel and are a bit nervous. Uh, so what we're giving you is we're giving you great routes. Every bike has a GPS. And we're giving you a couple of good hotels. You know, the hotels are included. The bike is included. But there's no guides. There's no luggage truck. You don't need these things. And what we're trying to show you is you can do Europe on your own if you wanted right. to. But really what... What we've I've discovered this recently, really, for this year. This is the 10th year I've been doing tours, and I've started to realize people don't often care about where we're going. That's not the seller. No. I am so surprised how often it's people come experience. down to breakfast and say, so where are we going today? I'm like, you just spent over $10,000 to bring you and your wife on this tour, and you have no clue where we're going today? No, they don't care. Because they know that for a week or two weeks, they're just going to be in motorcycle blissful heaven right. and just having a fabulous time. They don't care where we're going. And we give you that experience, but instead of 10 grand and you're riding a Panigale or, you know, uh, a Multistrada, you're riding a very, very high quality BMW, staying at the same hotel. We're not doing track days. Nope. Um, it's a great holiday. Um, next year is going to be year three. Mm-hmm. Um and it got it. I didn't think that 2022 could be bettered. It was such a lovely trip. But 2023 was just the greatest. And 2024, these things are going to just get better and better as well, time I'm goes on. I'm looking forward to, to showing Liza what the Dolomites training tour is about. And really, so she can meet her listeners in these large groups. Are night. you going to sign up for the Dolomites? I don't have time. You don't have time. I don't have time. Well, so probably Liza will do the 2025. I mean, you can rely on me for the 24. Yeah, well, the also the I might be able to do the 25. Um, I, I haven't said anything. It's not... A, I, I may... I am going to Pakistan next year in the Good. fall. No, you need to. But in the spring, I may be going on another trip that I can't say um, right. with who or where yet. But South America-ish. Nice. Right. And um, it's, it's a new tour company, possibly. So I'm waiting to see if that, that happens. But, uh, yeah, I have a, an opportunity I may be doing. Oh, you won't have heard this, Kat. I'm, I'm off to Vietnam next month. Yeah, no. With Big Sur Motorcycle Adventures. I'm off, to, I'm off to run Portugal next week. Fantastic. God, we are the world travelers, <laughs> aren't we? Really? Well, and this is what I, we do. I haven't been on you know, y- your trips in Europe, but I can say from my firsthand experience with Kat... Just like Z did the work to write a book, you do the work to find the accommodations. I appreciated that from a you know a guest house in in Wales to an Airbnb in Isle of Man to the Hilton at Silverstone. Like they cool. all were the right place to be. They were all absolutely. The right location. And I mean, it's 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 a it's a combination. It's a combination of cat. Mm-hmm. It's a combination of mouse. Um, and just the whole administrations, you know, the castles and curves tour we did. I was th- I was reflecting on that when I heard you were going to be the guest this week. I, I was reflecting on that trip and what a great trip it was, and all the accommodation was great. Yeah, I think that that bar in that little farming village on night one <laughs> that was just well that's a brewery hotel the brewery yeah. hotels are all over germany and i think this is genius at work it's a small brewery that's in every you know all the little towns and you go there to get do your business you know with the local business meetings right. and then you get drunk on the local beer and then you 
walk to your room. Right. <laughs> and then in my case, you hang all your knickers on the roof to dry out. Yes. I've actually, we've actually had knickers put over uh, windshields and on, on bikes that are currently being ridden just because people are trying to dry out. Right. Their, dry out their um, but from that to the Arbeit macht frei hotel in Cochem, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it incredible variety of hotels and what a superb experience for people so, so I, I have a question for you sure um this is probably a lot of the reason why z doesn't you know, travels just just with one person so you don't have to deal with other people oh boy cat you have to deal with other people i'm yes, curious uh, since i've last seen you you've had a few trips yeah. did you have any challenges did you have any crashes that you had to deal with let's see i'm just wondering what have been some of the challenges and how you handle it well we've had I think we had one one client. He was just kind of sick during most of the tour. Just, oh no! And that was a tough one. And in the process, he, he's normally a very good rider, but he just got just and he he, he slipped and low sided in some in, uh, under a bridge. Uh, it wasn't too bad, but I think the bike was damaged enough. We had to use the spare bike. Honestly, those aren't the really big problem. The big problems are when somebody gets over their head riding ability-wise where they've come on the tour and they don't realize that they don't have the riding skills to make it happen. Mm. And we've had some people like sort of complain. They're like, I didn't realize I had to know how to ride. Um, <laughs> uh, this is not a tour for beginners, uh, beginning riders, at least certainly not the, the track and tour ones. And we've had some people, a uh, repeat, repeat clients that no, you said your writing has improved and it really hasn't. And you're holding up the whole group constantly. Mm. Um, but you know, we, we, we try to help them out. It happens rarely. Um, thankfully the great thing about my tour business is it's a bunch of track riders the majority of the time and track riders get on like a house on fire no matter where they're from they're all the same type of lunatics who think that getting on you know a high-powered motorcycle and riding round and round and round on the same piece of pavement is actually a fun and profitable way to spend one's afternoon um, they're lunatics and they get along really well even if they're brain surgeons rocket scientists um, 25 year old, 25 year veterans of the special forces. I mean, I, have... I, I especially like the rocket surgeons, right? <laughs> rocket surgeons, <laughs> rocket, you know, rocket scientists. Don't you think that's a commonality amongst all motorcyclists? I mean, I, I find that motorcycling, certainly in my experience, it really draws people together, no matter what their background yes. are. It's, it's far more important to me that you love motorcycles and riding them and the people who ride them than what you necessarily do for a living. One thing I do know about Cat, he likes fine things. Yeah, I know that. You like you have ni- you have nice car. Yeah. Well, like I finally nice have a motorcycles, nice car. Yeah, I do have a nice nice gear. You like the nice things in life. Yeah. So, Cat, I have a <laughs> question not just for you but for everybody here. In fact, this is All coming right. into our next segment. Oh wow. Oh, okay. And this one is called Guilty Pleasures. In fact, it has a theme song. Are you ready? <laughs> guilty, guilty pleasures. Gu- guilty, guilty, guilty pleasures. I want to know what is your guilty pleasure. So, everybody has a guilty pleasure. I do. A bike that a people may not realize that you're actually fond of, that you would ride, but it doesn't necessarily go with your style 
right? I will share for you, for instance, there is a bike that I saw go riding by, and this is a bike that's been around right. for a while. And I saw one go by, and it, every time I see one, it catches my eye, and I go, I like those bikes. I don't think anyone would would think of that I would be fond of this bike, but there's something about it I like. And, and Emma doesn't know what it is. I don't. It is a Suzuki M109R. Oh. Those are interesting bikes. You're familiar with this Oh, one. very much so. For those who don't know, it's, it is a cruiser, but it's like a muscle cruiser. It's like I, low yeah, slung and it's well, sleek. I'll just, I'll just, I'm going to stop you there because I'm, oh. I'm not entirely sure if it is a cruiser. It's got it far is. more in common with a V-Max Power than cruiser. a Virago. Power cruiser. It's it's kind of yeah it's it's kind of the motorcycle equivalent of a Mustang Mach One. Yeah, but it is a <laughs> cruiser. It is forward controls. Yes, it is a low low bike, and they absolutely go like and the clappers. Yeah, but is the Suzuki M109R, and I'm like every time I see one, I like that, and you can have it naked or you can put a uh, windshield and luggage on it turn it into a touring bike i just think these are like like me and they've been, bikes. they've been around for a while i mean I'm, they have. I'm they're part of the boulevard series it yeah. is a cruiser yeah, yeah. so th- that for me i was like you know what that's that's one of my guilty pleasures people would be surprised so guilty i wanted to ask pleasure <laughs> guilty, guilty pleasures i, I want to know what is your guilty pleasure, pleasure. So I want to know, everyone here, if you have a guilty pleasure bike, some people might be surprised to hear. I do. <gasps> yeah. What is yours, Well, mine's, mine's obvious. I mean, uh-huh. if you'd have asked me a couple of years ago, would I have a Harley? And I've got nothing against Harleys. I, you know, I've always liked them, but I never saw myself owning one. And here I am. I've got that beautiful blue Superglide. And... It really scratches a certain itch. Do you own a pair of chaps? No, but I do own leather trousers. Do you have, You're wearing do you leather have, trousers. She's been wearing them all day. Do you day. have any shirts that day. say Harley Davidson? Yes. Okay. Do you own a bandana? <laughs> yes. Okay, well, I was a real biker. Yeah, come on. No, I mean... Come on. Yeah, but I mean... No, but I don't... Yeah, but no, but... Yeah, but... Um, no, I want it's something just else. Something I want something like, else. I just, something how many that, skulls do you have? Something uh, that you you go. Like, I like that. I like that. But yeah, see, something you don't already own. We already know you have a Harley. What's something we'd be surprised to hear? A bike you've always been fond of. Something that catches your eye. You know, I have always been very, very fond. And Z is going to absolutely I, kill me. You could this. even say you're bike curious. <laughs> right. Oh, no, Z, Z's going to be so full of hatred for me when I say this. Oh, no. DRZ 400. No. Oh. No. <laughs> yeah, really? I that, told no. you. Well, that does surprise me because I've never heard you talk about that. You talk about the DR650. But the yeah, DRZ 400. You know, what is it about the DRZ 400? It's They... Um, you know, I've got a couple of friends who've got them. In fact, yesterday I was with my dear friend Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. um, rebuilding the engine on his. Oh, are you talking about the SM? Yes. Oh, the SM, you yes. like? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Because, I mean, darling, I love SM&M. I live for it. See, uh, 
This is making That's my sense idea to me. Of a Saturday night. This is making oh, sense uh, to me because last week you made a suggestion to me about the Africa Twin that took me by surprise. No, I'm uh, about the the the. You said you should supermoto that. Yes. <laughs> like what? Yeah. Where did that come from? No, I think I'd be. But now calm. it's making sense. Yeah, you see. Do you have a guilty pleasure just for supermotos? Yeah, you know, I think I'm a, I'm a, oh. I think I'm a supermotard with the emphasis on tard. <laughs> have you ever owned a supermoto? No, you know that. Have you ever ridden a supermoto? A couple of times. I always have a groovy time on them. Interesting. Hmm. So that's a good guilty pleasure. All right, uh, you have one, Z. She's angry a... with me now. No. <laughs> yeah, I bet you are. I do feel a little betrayed. I know you do. <laughs> I don't know that I really, like, every bike that I would mention, like, a Dnepr, a Ural, anything single, people would not be shocked that I liked. I used to ride a Victory Cross Country. I think that's the best cruiser on the market, or it used to be on the market, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, and maybe, a, like, a Moto Guzzi. The you V85? were talking about this. Oh. It's pretty new. Like I yeah, haven't the, really expressed yeah, this publicly V85. much, but I like the the Moto Guzzi V85. It has I like how they, they build them to be workable too. Like I want to, if I was going to have a modern bike, I want something I can fix that's not overly complicated. Right. And they design those to be user friendly. Yeah, and I always, I mean, I always describe my Guzzi right. as the other Italian V twin because, of course, you know, ducks get all the the glory because yeah. they really are the the queen of... Oh, it, it, so let's not forget, forget Aprilia. Yeah, it's an adventure it's, bike. It's their version of a GS. Right. Yeah. Right. It's God, an that a, is it's a good-looking bike. Yeah, and it's an 850. Yeah, no, one of my clients has one but of those. They can, check, they can check their valves easier you know, than I can check my valves. And you know, you got a point because, like, the Tenere, um, the, 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 the mid-sized adventure bikes are getting all the attention, but Moto Guzzi's had, had one. Yeah, it's kind of like an underdog. It, it Someone is. Uh, that follows me, he comes to my rallies and he has one and I've looked at it and he was talking about how he does his maintenance on it and most of his maintenance jobs were easier mm. than what I have to do with my 350. My 350 is really easy too. I just have to take the tank off. He just gets like right there on the sides oh. and can oh. get to all the things. I like that color yeah, version, the, the yellow the, and the white. With the red frame. The red. That's nice. Ooh, that is a good guilty pleasure. It's pretty it? nice. Yeah, all great right. looking bike. Cat, do you have a guilty pleasure that people well, will be surprised? Uh, here's the thing. I don't have too many things that I'm guilty about. The things I take pleasure in, I'm, I am an out when it comes to being out. All right, hold on. Uh-huh. I want to take a shot at this. Emma, you want to take a shot at this too? I'm going to guess. What I, want to, what I want to hear him say is I want to hear him say um um uh, an M- mb5's uh, moped oh please it's your guilty pleasure <laughs> no that's what i want to hear you no, say no cat likes no? high horsepower bikes right, what, no, what do you think no. is emma he... what do you think is his guilty pleasure oh shoot, you can try to guess there's no way no i, I i'm not even gonna hazard a guess right. i i i'm not much on guilt so uh i, I am out as a BDSM dom, I am out as an atheist. I, I take pleasure in a lot of things. But here's something that I'm this track rider known for going all over the world and riding. I'll be 11 MotoGP circuits this year. I like really fast sport touring. But here's something that I used to have that I miss dearly. Oh. I miss my Husseberg 650. Oh, really? I had a Husseberg 650 that oh. was all set up for desert work. It was street. Le- it was technically street legal, and I used to do desert riding on it. I used to ride along the border of the of the United States and Mexico, and oh, I had wow. so much fun on it. I loved that bike, and you wouldn't think that I would be into desert riding and enduro, but I miss uh, I miss a good bit of single track. 
And there you I, go. I don't wow. get to do that anymore. And a Husseberg is an interesting choice it's as well. It's a very oh, bizarre and Here's bike. one that's supermoto. You two can share you can, custody. You can supermoto one, too. <laughs> and, of course... Yellow and blue. Yes, there's, uh, it's, it's it's very it's Sveria, Swedish. Yeah, I'm finding a lot of them that are super mounted. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I miss my Husseberg. I used to have one. Interesting. Well, wow, wow, wow. wait, I don't, I don't even know that much about Husseberg or Husseberg. Husseberg, Husseberg. Um, it was a briefly happened when uh, Husqvarna got bought out, and all the actual design engineers said, "Screw you guys, we're going to make our own bikes." And oh. that was Husseberg. Mm. And then those people got bought up by KTM. And so now when KTM wants to do something really experimental, they have the Husseberg guys do it first. Did you know about that, Emma? Yeah. How, and when, when was this uh, Husseberg? Late 90s, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I... Jeez, I think I had mine in the 2005 range. Yeah, I think it was like... It was late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. Now I'm curious what other kind of bikes they have. It, no, it's, so it, it was enduro. Yeah, it was. It was, it was mostly it was 125 enduro to bikes. 650. Yeah. Okay. With a very unusual over square uh, forward firing piston. Yes. Founded in '88. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By people whose names I cannot pronounce. Yeah. <laughs> Lots of Svens <laughs> well, and Gunners. No, but it was founded, but it really got traction a little bit later. It was it it was all part of the the Husqvarna buyout. Very interesting company. Yeah, born out of Husqvarna. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. We maybe need to do something on that. On Husseberg. Yeah. Yeah, they've, they've actually got one at the Jameson Museum. Yeah, the bike weighed less than I did. And wow. it was a 650. <laughs> wow. um, so the lineage is still there mm-hmm. then? Yeah, but it's sort of become KTM's R&D. Right. I, I, and Bagel, I haven't forgotten about you. We'll still get to Oh, yeah. No, um, I don't know Bagel. I, I, I have did, to say, it does get kind of pleasure. murky when you get into the whole KTM, Husqvarna. Who else is all folded into that now that they're all kind of the same? Oh, the, uh, uh, what's the red? Gas Gas. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, it is kind of murky. It's kind of like, to me, it's the... Um, Taurus and the Sable? Right. Do you guys remember those cars? Yes. Yes. Mercury, oh, yeah. Sable, Ford, Taurus. Mm-hmm. Same yep. car. The it was Ford same, Taurus. Yep. <laughs> it's the same car, but I think the Mercury had a few more belts and whistles on it. I'm not sure, but but it is weird when you get in where they're keeping all the different but you know, labels, but... It's not unprecedented in Japan either. I mean, people forget that right around the turn of the millennia, you could buy... You could go into a Suzuki dealership and buy a DRZ 400 mm-hmm. and go into a Kawasaki dealership and buy the same bike with Kawasaki decals on the tank. Really? Oh, what? yeah. <laughs> Kawasaki made a DRZ 400? What do they call it? Um, I think they called it the uh, KLX 400. Oh, so just... No, yeah. it's the same bike. Yeah, okay. Hmm. No, need, it, it to... was the same bike. Yeah? Can you... I'd love to on a future show have you get more into detail about same bike different yeah. badge yeah, yeah the crossovers crossover cross have an episode on crossovers that would yeah. be interesting yeah that that's an emma deep dive topic right, right there. no i think it would be and i mean you know once you get into these big parent companies like piaggio you know yeah you, well piaggio and vespa yeah. right and you know gilera and the mp3 is a perfect example because the mp3 was marketed as 
a Vespa. It was marketed as a Piaggio and well, a Gilera. Not a not a Vespa, but Piaggio and Gilera. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but how many uh, in the Piaggio? Because uh, is that Piaggio's parent company or Vespa is? Vespa, uh, Piaggio. 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 So how many? Labels are folded into that, just like we were talking about Husqvarna, Husseberg, Gas Gas, Motoguzzi, Aprilia, Mm -hmm. Vespa. Those are all all Piaggio. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, But they don't do any crossovers, right? Only in the scooter, Mm. only a little bit in the scooter range. Yeah. What what crossovers do you have, Bagel? Are there Vespa, Piaggio crossovers, right? I don't know if there are whole bikes that are crossovers, but there are definitely engines that were crossovers, Mm -hmm. like the. uh, the, the Vespa ET4 used the same engine, I think, as um, the uh, Aprilia Mojito, um, and I think was was also the, the platform for, for a bunch of Piaggio scooters as well, including the LT, uh, the, the big wheeled 150. Um, you know it, that it, they shared that engine across a bunch of different bikes, and and I think they they also did, did that too with the uh, the 250 and 300, and maybe even 200 engines as well. Uh, especially between Piaggio and Vespa. There was a lot of crossover with those engines. Interesting. Okay, so now, Bagel, we come to you. Yes. Bagel, uh, yeah. what I'm is guess, your... Oh, you want to take a I guess? Wanna, I want to take a guess that Bagel is actually secretly lusting for something with a tad more horsepower. Perhaps. Mm-hmm. But but not necessarily because of that. <laughs> I think I know what it is. It's a, oh, yeah? it's a Bergman, isn't it? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a, no, not a Bergman, uh, and not even a scooter necessarily. Um, I, I think this is something that I have mentioned before in the past, but my guilty pleasure, I think, would definitely be a Kawasaki Triple. Um, there was there was one that I was ring ding 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 ding. There was there was one that I I saw that was. For sale at a, uh, I think it was a Honda dealership. This is back in like 1993 or 94 or something like that. And and they were having like a blowout of like, you know, all these bikes for sale, you know, super cheap. And and this was, I, I think it was a 73 350. They wanted like 400 bucks for it. It oh, had expansion great. chambers on it that were painted flat black. And it was an, like an orange, orange, black, orange bike with like, the whole thing was like orange, orange and black. And and I thought it looked really cool, and I loved the look of the three cylinders and three pipes. And then they started it up, and when this thing fired up, it was just—it was just a cacophony that made such an amazing noise that that I just I wanted to ride it all around. <laughs> and if I had had four hundred bucks at the time, I totally would have bought it, hmm. but I didn't. So, uh, so I had to let it go. But right. ever since then, um, it. Those those Kawasaki triples have have definitely stayed with me, and 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 there's something because because and maybe it's because they're so. I mean, there there is a little bit of crossover with scooters because they are two stroke, but they're so different. They're they're loud and they're dirty and they're they're they don't handle for anything. Um, they're they're just clattery and and just raw power it was the seduction of the sound that got you though yeah it was definitely the the sound but it but it was also just not just because of not just the sound itself but but what that sound meant mm. like the, the the kind of power that it could produce 
and and the way it produced that power like i could tell just by you know the rev with engine rev that that would be an incredibly fun bike to ride in a straight line i what i find is very ironic here is and another one of my guilty pleasures is a lambretta two-stroke Mm-hmm. Lambo, same yes. reason in that like Why? those scooters can scare you the piss get one, out of you. you I've got a bunch one. of models in here of them. It's a like you, those things can you, haul. Ass. Liza, you totally should get a Lambretta. You, you should you get a terrorize and, the streets of Barcelona. I can handle that much power, man. I, I think Liza <laughs> should get a Lambretta two hundred and a Parker coat, oh. and then I can fight her. <laughs> you so I oh cat I, I, I guess you're following. You know what? Why I'm trying to sell the Africa Twin, right? Because you want to get something. Else. I want to get a Nikon. You want to get a Nikon? I want to get a Nikon. Oh, the judgy you... face he has. Yeah. <laughs> and I've got to be honest with you. Just yeah. could, could could you learn how to ride first? I mean, you don't need. What the are you extra, talking about? You don't need the extra the extra rubber up front. Why not? Because when you eventually push that front, the rear end is going to kick out and launch you into the air. Has that been happening with yes. people? I didn't I even know. realize the Nikon was a triple. I thought it was a four. I thought it was like mm. FC1 no. based, but it's no. 900 three cylinder based. Yeah, it's it's a very interesting bike. Um, but but my my speedier friends have have sort of pushed it to its limits and, and discovered that it's it. not very forgiving. Because yes, the front end will not give way, but when the rear end it whips around, it whips it and, and will high side you into oblivion. Nice. So what, what you're saying is that they Sounds need to exciting. put two wheels in the rear uh, as well. It's just, <laughs> oh God! I, to me, to me, it's like okay, yes, you you can be you 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 should be perhaps a little intimidated by the fact that there is a limited amount of grip up front. But if you learn how to use trail braking and plant that front as you turn in, you don't need two ex, you don't need two wheels up front. Well, let me ask you this. You know this. You, I mean, it'll you don't be a need cool bike. It'll, it'll get attention, though. And people you know, be every old man will talk to me, I know. Let me ask you this, Kat. <laughs> if you're going to have three wheels, is it better to have two in front or two in the rear or one on the side? Two in front. No, yeah. you, okay, so it is of, the of, best of scenario the, for three the, wheels. Of the three wheel scenarios, but they get the okay, game. What's the worst I'm asking one, is like, why do you need three wheels? Uh, ask ask him about the, is it the Robin Reliant? The Reliant Robin. Yes, the Reliant, Reliant Robin. Robin. Yes. So just to give you a brief synopsis, <laughs> England is a very, very cold country. And as a loophole, um, motorcyclists found that they could drive a Reliant Robin, which is basically a three-wheel car with two wheels at the back and one wheel at the front, during the winter time. Every single biker group in any town has always got stories of people rolling their Reliant Robin yeah. because they're so unstable. One of my favorite episodes of Top Gear. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Jeremy Clarkson, famously. So if you're not familiar with the Reliant Robin, it's an enclosed three-wheeled little mini car. I think I car. saw the top of your episode, actually. <laughs> yeah. He just and was driving around a neighborhood. Just rolling. And he go like, oh, there it goes again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure by to turn him back over. I think they flip I mean, that's over. the only joke the car has. It's yeah. just that constant joke. And the only reason they still exist is because people want to record it falling over and flopping and over. And the views right. of the people just walking their dogs and he's around the corner. <laughs> yeah. like, oh, is that Philip Oakey from Human League? <laughs> and, you know, the, the, the joke is that a lot of people are buying up the classic ones and 
they did a sporty version called the Bond Bug. Oh, dear God. And a no. Bond oh, yes. Bug is, it looks like a, an orange wedge of cheese. <laughs> but it was really quite a sporty thing. It had a very sporty little, you know, engine in it. And it was mid-mounted. Still handled like crap. And people are buying these things and actually making them four-wheelers. And they're fun as not to drive. <laughs> because now they actually corner. They've got all the performance. But you should look up a Bond Bug. You'll think, there's no way this was ever in production and it was <gasps> Ooh, right. side sidebar um bagel that reminds me i'm i currently have items in my shopping cart on aliexpress as i'm looking at more things i showed emma a very nice uh it's a miniature toilet pipe yeah yeah very interesting so you can put your stash in it and smoke it but <laughs> the bowl is the shape of a toilet and it has a lid just things that <laughs> didn't no one needed <laughs> It's pretty amazing. <laughs> but what I did see on their bagel was a, yes. a VW Bug conversion kit to turn it electric. It comes Ooh. with a, yeah, the whole rear axle, the motor that bolts into a VW Bug, everything. I was like, hmm. this is pretty interesting. How much was it? I don't remember. A couple of thousand, I would have thought. I have to look that up. Hmm. One million dollars. Um, yeah, uh, you have and to. How you, reliable is that kit going to be off of Valley? Oh, it's going to be fantastic, Bagel. What could possibly <laughs> go wrong with it? Flawless, I'm sure. <laughs> As it's going to be the highest quality. Let me see. There, there will be no plasma balls anywhere. VW electric bug. <laughs> I'm looking it up. Um, no, it, it looked interesting that it was. Oh, here it is conversion kit. Um, well, I'll let Emma take a look at these and see. I, there's one for like three thousand, one for six thousand. So I'm not sure. Oh, there you the go. Different things are. Yeah, they, hmm. they it starts. Um, but it looks like like they've figured it all out. It's all the things to bolt into a VW Bug, which is kind of fascinating. That's tempting. What well, what kind of range does it have? And what well, you don't know? I don't know. So it's this <laughs> is okay. I, I doubt that it comes with the batteries for that much money, right? This right. is just everything you need. So this oh, is the motor and yeah. You just put a Tesla wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah look, it's got the, it the axle, everything. Well, just hang on a minute. This is a <laughs> battery's not included. <laughs> this, yes, it does include the batteries. Oh. Ooh, this oh, is really? a. I'm going to come to this. It's a 15 kilowatt, 96 volt driving system for electric car conversion kit for a VW Beetle Suzuki TA TAA three build old vehicles. $3,864. It comes with everything you need, including gearbox, motor, axles, controller, and dashboard. Gearbox. And and batteries. It is um excuse me. It is three thousand eight hundred and sixty-four dollars before you get excited. Shipping (laughs) fee. Twelve thousand and twenty-eight dollars. Wait, there's the cash. <laughs> oh, hang oh, on. There's one here for ninety thousand, and this is for a truck. Two hundred and twenty kilowatt electric engine, an AMT differential conversion kit for a hundred and ten ton mine truck. And this is <laughs> quite. Yeah, you know, everyone's amazing. got a spare mining truck sitting in their yeah. backyard. Well, now I'm curious, do they have conversion kits for motorcycles? I don't think so. Oh, that is $90,000. Do, um, do you think that mining truck kit will fit in my Heinkel? The Heinkel Heinkel. <laughs> 
Well, let's see. The one that's $6,000, how much is that shipping? Is only $91. (laughs) $91 shipping. Yeah, the same same kit for $6,000, the VW kit, 15 kilowatt, and it is $91 shipping. You can Mm. have it by October 28th. Wow. Hmm. Bargain. Anyway, you may may want to uh, you may want to look Empty. at that. Just saying, I forget I forget how we got here. Don't you remember? You know when we went to <laughs> squirrel, and it, it's it's classic um, of uh, companies from China kind of feeling out the market and not really having experience. Don't remember when we were at AM Expo um, last February. All the Chinese manufacturers were in there, mm-hmm. and they got what. They've obviously gotten wind of the way to sell things to Americans is to have a pretty girl on on the stand. Oh, that's been used for decades. Well, yeah. So, uh, but this is something I feel that's quite new for China. Oh, so they <laughs> they had these all these booths with these incredibly shy little girls tr- just nervously giving you a little brochure and they looked as if they were about to burst into tears at any time and no. you know we were all i mean we were very very kind it's but the, it's like the fools the money they spent on airfare they could have hired some local talent that would have been far more effective and a little bit more brazen right but ne- well it is vegas uh, yes. so i just want to throw this out there for any vendors going to be at aim expo if you want to hire a misfit that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing if we're all working different booths? <laughs> Hire Miss Emma to sell your crap. <laughs> and let me tell you, I will there give it, it the hard sell. Hire yeah. Misfit sounds like one step away from prostitution. <laughs> I know. What do you mean one oh, step away? Half a step? <laughs> I'll, I'll I remember how we got there, Kat. Yeah. So what I'm saying is the Africa Twin to the Nikon to me is a is a lateral jump. Yeah. In that the Africa twin, I wanted to try DCT and understand it because it's oh, unusual okay. new technology. All right. So I feel the same with the Nikon. All right. You right? Wanna, do you want to try something? So I, unusual weird and new technology. Okay. I want to try and understand it. We figured it's, out it's her a kink, lateral, folks. Lateral move. <laughs> oh, here, oh, Emma, thank you. For, she's cleaning up. Look at Kat's got quite a pile. You ate, ate a lot of candy, didn't you? I really have to thank Naked Jim. That was a wonderful yeah. meal of gummies. So um, <laughs> I wanted to get to, we got a lot of emails, so I want to get to you because there's some good topics here. But Emma, uh, you're going to want to pay attention to this one because I think you're going to jump in on this one. This one's um, from our friend Eric. And he says he just finished listening. Hello, Eric. Episode five thirty one, and something was getting my ire up about the lawsuit discussion. Yep. So remember, we were talking about this, right. like lawsuits. Um, uh, and this is a case where I think somebody was fleeing from the police, and we were talking about right, right, right. And then some people got killed. And, yes. And uh, or the, you know, like should the police chase and blah, there's right, a lot right, of right. things there. But he said that. Um, Sounds, uh, let's see, Liza seemed to do a lot of victim blaming. Were they wearing a helmet? Were they wearing the right gear? Shouldn't they take part of the blame for their choices? These are questions I ask, right? Uh, Sounds like victim blaming to me. Liza is trying to put blame on a person who chooses clothing for comfort and enjoyment for the outcome of someone else's actions. 
I'm sure her opinion would be different if it was a woman who was assaulted for wearing revealing clothing in public. (laughs) It is easy to throw aspersions at a group of people that don't share the same lifestyle. The belief that I am a reasonable person who does reasonable things. So if you deviate from that, then you get what you deserve. Okay. I can see your point on that. The logical response to her, if you were wearing the right gear, you wouldn't have been hurt so badly is to follow it with, well, if you were driving in a car, you wouldn't have been hurt as badly. But this is a motorcycle podcast, so that isn't going to be the answer. The stem of the incident wasn't the poor gear choices. It was the police showing no regard for public safety, chasing a perpetrator, the car that pulled out, the city not fixing the pothole, and they need to pay. It's the American way. Right. So, I mean, and Z, you famously <laughs> uh, turned down every full face helmet I give you because you prefer to wear a legal-ish That's DOT. little halfy helmet. And, you know, I care for your well-being. I'm always offering you helmets. So, I mean, part of the question is, if you have the choice to wear more gear and a better helmet, if someone else's actions result in your death, is that completely on them that you would have survived if you were wearing better gear? And that's kind of the debate, the question I have. You see what I'm saying? This is a piano out of the sky situation, though. Well, no. But, no matter but, how, like, 60% of the fatalities in 2018 were wearing a helmet. People put gear on and act like they're invincible. Mm-hmm. There's just certain, you get hit with certain shit and nothing you're wearing is going to change that. Yeah. Well, um, and, and I, oh, I, I guess I should uh, shout, uh, shout out, how do you do this? Respectfully, I want to give a mention to our friend of the garage, Robert Egeter. Right. Who sadly died on the track at Barber last weekend. Right, yeah. And this is something, Kat, you do track days. Yep. It happens. You can be wearing all the right stuff. It's exceedingly it rare. Happens. Track, but yeah, but it happens. But as, Kat, you are also aware, mm-hmm. by wearing all the right gear, you greatly reduce the risk of serious injury or death. Yes. So right. understanding that there can be the, the ultimate outcome of death, Z. That not, I don't think that's the ultimate outcome, though. But, but I'm that. saying, but uh, yes, you're right. But I, what I'm saying is you can't use that as an argument of it's no point in wearing all the gear. It still reduces risk. So then that was just the question that was coming up. Should, if someone else is the cause of the accident, should they bear the same brunt of responsibility if the rider's choice was to wear less gear? Mm. And I will compare this to... If you're driving a Lamborghini and somebody in their Honda Civic hits you, do you expect that person driving the Honda Civic to carry full insurance to cover the repairs to your Honda to your Lamborghini? Or is it a your responsibility to make sure that you have enough coverage? Right? Right? Is yeah, that kind of the same thing? You can't more argue of a personal accountability. Well, somewhat, yeah. What I'm saying is as as a rider on a motorcycle, I think we don't have to go into the debate. Right. I'm just saying he's calling me out for victim blaming, and I'm saying I don't think it's and victim I, blaming. I think that it is a fair, d- fair debate. I think there is. I can see a lot of validity in Eric's argument. Yeah. Um, and the, I, want, I want to give him credit for phrasing it right. well. Mm-hmm. And our mantra here has always been, you know, you dress for the slide, not the ride. You mm-hmm. dress, you know, all the gear all the time. I think we're just getting into details of if you are dressing for the slide, 
you're just getting into, well, what's caused the slide? Because if you, if you dress for wrecking your bike, which means full protective gear, helmet, and you're the one who wrecks the bike, yeah, well, that's all fair in love and war. I mean, you chose the mm -hmm. right clothing and you chose to wreck your bike. I think the fact that the accident was caused by somebody else it's really academic to this argument. The, the the end result is still the same. You're going to get thrown to the pavement. And if you're able to have, be wearing gear that's going to mitigate the injuries. My, my personal belief is, and, and again, Z, I think you'll agree with this. If the law states that you don't have to wear a helmet, then you don't have to wear a helmet. That is your choice. Mm -hmm. Right? Right. So... If, if the law is not going to make you protect yourself, you're, you're not doing anything wrong, right? But there is also that bit of, I do put responsibility on me right. as a writer choosing to go out there into the world um, that, that I am putting myself at risk because I am more exposed. And I do accept some of that risk when I go out there. That's it. And, and that's why... Yeah, I, I wish that there were helmet laws and gear laws and all that stuff to protect everyone, but it's not. So I can see how then someone else would say, this is victim blaming because you're not being required to. It's a fair debate. Bagel, you have something to say? Yeah, I just I just want to say that it's it's a good idea to wear the gear to give yourself the best chance in a situation like that. But that has no bearing on on culpability when when say a, a car driver isn't paying attention and they hit you right whether you have good gear on or not they are still at fault oh for, no yeah we're not talking yeah. about fault yeah, yeah. but we're right. talking about the choice of wearing good gear and factoring right. in some bonehead actually hitting you well right because there's always that i mean that all that option is i mean that chance is always going to going to be present right so you know whatever preparations you can take to keep yourself safe is in my mind a, a, a good idea right you know, whether somebody wants to do that or not you know that's up to them but you know it, it i think that there was <clears throat> there, there was some some element there where you know like like it absolves the the car driver of at fault to some degree if you're wearing good gear because you're you're protecting yourself from them and I just I want to I want to just be very careful to say that mm -hmm. you know that it has nothing to do with with that because you know when when somebody right. makes a mistake behind the wheel of a car they're still at fault no matter oh, what. Oh, absolutely! Wearing. But I think yeah. ultimately it's almost like the I'm not suggesting the culpability, but mm -hmm. the um, outcome for the car driver is let's say a car driver made a mistake and killed a biker. That yep. carries a lot of weight and a lot yep. of moral yes. gnashing of teeth for and everyone concerned. So. If the bike was wearing a proper gear and suffered minor injury in the same collision because mm -hmm. they was wearing pro proper gear, the car driver's still at fault. He's still a, an yeah. absolute bonehead and should have the book thrown at him. Yeah, but so because uh, but, the biker survived and with lesser injuries 
So it's kind of almost but, accidental that it's less severe. Hold on. Well, it's, it's less it's less of a severe of a penalty for the car driver because the motorcycle rider took better preparations. Right. So let me yes. let me wrap this so the up. Car, the car driver gets a bonus. There, let, really. let me let me wrap this up and say that technically Eric is right because that's what the law states, mm. and the law mm-hmm. will side regardless of how much gear you're wearing if you were following the law. So Eric is right. And yeah, I no. will say that is somewhat victim blaming, but I don't see it as victim blame, blaming. I see it as community uh, blaming in that I, I encourage, encouragement, encouragement, not blaming. I want to encourage people to wear more gear and to accept more of that responsibility. That's all. Yeah, but I technically, am, because of the way the laws are, I'm giving him the point. He's right. But you know how I, um, I'll close this uh, with this comment you know the um when i work on bikes at the shop i always liken it to dealing people a good hand in cards how you play it is entirely up to you but i'm going to deal you a good hand so that when you work the brakes on your bike when you steer it when you use the clutch all those controls are going to work i can't make you a better rider but i can make the bike work correctly so I'm dealing you the best and safest hand possible. Ultimately, it's up to you how you play it. I'm forced to remember what you mentioned when we were at the Manx DT, Liza, about the stats between the amount of motorcyclist deaths at the Isle of Man versus the amount of motorcycle deaths at Sturgis. <laughs> well, I think... <laughs> okay, the amount... Okay, the, okay. you want, you want some victim blaming? Fine, I'll be the bad guy. Here's the bad guy. Okay, guaranteed at least one rider will die either at the Manx TT or, 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 or at the TT Isle of Man. Right. This will I, happen. I think Far you can, more fatalities will occur at Sturgis. I think you dropped the mic already. <laughs> you just walk away. Yeah, We're right. good. But you do have an email there. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Um, and this one, it really comes as, again, it's another comment, and this one comes from Alan. Alan. Hey, Alan. And, Alan. I'm, and I'm liking this, Alan. Alan says, what is a real biker? To comment yes. on what is a real biker, a real biker gets back on his or her motorcycle after getting out of the hospital from a motorcycle accident. Yeah, For me, it took shit. six weeks after my crash. I had a very, I had very bad broken bones in my arm that required bone grafting from my hip. Ouch. Ooh. The emergency room nurse asked if I was giving up motorcycling, and I told her I had 11 more motorcycles in my garage waiting <laughs> for me. All right, Alan, this is Alan Smith, the streamliner guy. guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, right. Well yeah, done, I, Alan. I agree with you. And that's, I think, didn't we have that on there? That you've right. ridden injured? Well, in this case, it was you've been injured and got back on. I rode the same day I got out of a hospital. Would you give up your joy so, in yes, life? So, yes, that is real biker shit. Just because you've been injured at it. Right. Yeah, um, sorry, but no. I have yeah. a follow-up because this is another one related to our real biker quiz. Okay. Izzy, you need to take our real biker quiz and see how you rate. <laughs> the thing that you posted online? Yeah. I did. Yeah. I'm not a real biker. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> now, I was well, like 40 or 39 out of all of them. <laughs> See, you, but you've got more experiences coming That's up. So good. you're working on it. None um, of those are going to get checked for me. Like all the ones I don't have. Uh, I'm, I'm international even, border was that on there I oh yeah know. i got that one okay i'm a real vagabond uh, yeah that's though, right yeah. and i made a comment about yeah. that <laughs> okay i'll do the real vagabond uh, test but i have a follow-up because this is also related to our re- you know real biker quiz and this one's from steven steve 
says, I love your podcast on the biker quiz. I followed along to see if I was a real biker or not. Answered yes to most of the qualifications, but not having a biker tattoo made me feel not worthy. Oh, no. So I told my wife I need to get a biker tattoo to be a real biker. (laughs) The first question was, where are you going to put it since you don't have any room left on your body for another one? He said, maybe a Misfits Recycle Garage t-shirt will have to do. Right on. Well, you know, you could, you could always do that. I'm going to say, and I'm going to put that addendum in. If you don't have a biker tattoo, but you have a motorcycles and misses t-shirt, you get the point. Steve, I'm you, willing to bet there's room left on your left testicle. Do you, is, it, is it you got a biker tattoo? <laughs> yeah, I've got a lot of bikes tattooed. See, there you actually. go. Cat, you, you don't have any, do you? I have no tattoos. I am saving oh, I'm saving my tattoos till I've, I've I promised I, when I go to Iceland, I will get a full Norse sleeve. All right. Uh, you know, the W on each buttock counts. Because you know Z. when you bend over, it's wow. Z. And you know when oh, you, st- you stand on your head, it says mom. Oh, my God. <laughs> Z, you have one there, Noreen? Yeah, this is a porn episode in a barn fire. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. I like this. Howardian. Howard. Ian, yes. Hawadian. Paging um, Dr. Freud. Misfits, according to the book Lexicon Devil's Cruisin', was supposed to be a porno film, but based... But the band The Germs talked the producers into making a film based on the male sex workers in 1970s Hollywood. The film was so heavily protested by the Catholics that the Germs singer Darby Crash would wear a don't go see cruising button on his leather jacket <laughs> that he must have obtained wow. at a protest. Barn Fine, the 1963 Tote Goat 600 with a 12 horsepower Briggs and Stratton we named Buttercup. Nice. <laughs> I went to a yard sale this September and nabbed a Tote Goat tractor mini bike for two, $250. Ooh. I try to remember Emma's advice when taking home rusty bikes, something to the effect of there is no such thing as a deal. I spent a lot of time getting it down to the original yellow lead paint and making a new seat. I ordered a new, a new car, but got the throttle and brakes working and made a new back basket out of some mm-hmm. Doug fur floorboards. Nice. Buttercup runs and rides and even has an electric start. It will surely serve as a fun toy to tinker with this winter. Shop time is a good time. I and I completely agree. Did you see the picture? Yeah, what a machine! <laughs> yeah, it's just I got a. See this thing. It's got a plank for a. Uh, yeah, it's. No, it's it's all. It, yeah, it's all original. Just this thing looks crusty, barn find. Are those just like straight bars with an axle and a wheel? You hit anything and you're gonna break your elbow. Oh yeah, yeah. it's it's a cage with a motor. Um, Yeah, very good. I love it. All right, Emma. Uh, wait, let's get bagels, and then if we have time, we'll get yours. Yeah, yeah. Bagel, I, you have one. That that was the same one you sent me. Oh, so sorry, so sorry. <laughs> That's okay, because Emma, how many? Oh, you've Go got ahead. a few. I, I got a okay. bunch of them. Emma, let's start with the. So last week we asked people to send in. Um, oh, this is pics great. of their old ladies. So we've had. So we've I, had three. I, I don't know if, if you guys <laughs> caught up. So we've been reading these. Oh, these magazines, the old magazines, and there are a whole section, these old biker magazines. Oh, yeah. Old lady pics. Oh, yeah. Sending pictures of your old ladies well, on your bikes. So when I, I said, used to work for Bell Ray, I'd get, uh, I would get sample, sample you know media, I'd get media packs from these magazines because we were launching a new cruiser oil when I started working at Bell Ray. And so I had to get sample issues of all of these magazines. And, and, and of course, all of the people who worked in the San Francisco office and by the way, they were all women and, and let's just say they were not particularly thrilled by the concept of a whole bunch of these magazines showing up. <laughs> well, we asked for not old lady pictures, but old lady pictures. And we got some. <laughs> Aged women. Okay, so <laughs> so I'm going to start off with Michael. 
and uh, Michael, Patreon listener Mike here. Just listen to the October the 8th show. I rode with this guy, um, Bina, in Digby, Nova Scotia a few years ago. He gives sidecar rides to various peoples who might otherwise not have the opportunity to feel the wheel, feel the wind. Namely, old folks like this 100-year-old woman. That's it. I just want to share a cool quasi-related story. It's a lovely picture of this <laughs> grinning 100-year-old woman in the sidecar. That was great. Next one. <laughs> Greetings from Canada. I have no hope of winning, but I couldn't resist. My granddaughter loves my little bike. And Aww. there's this lovely little girl, and she's probably about... Three or four. So instead of old lady, it's little lady. Yeah, little lady. Little lady. And she's <laughs> smiling. I think she's been eating chocolate. And <laughs> <laughs> we hope. And she's just... <laughs> this lovely little girl. My favorite. I shouldn't have... <laughs> this is from Steve. My wife found this picture when we were going through my uncle's estate. This is my aunt, grandma, and mom on my first street bike. It's a 73 CB750. I think this was an 82. None of the three would have tolerated either old or old lady, but sadly, none of it left to stop me. So as Emma would say, tra-la-la. <laughs> love the podcast, love the community, love the philosophy. Steve, this is the great... <laughs> the golden girl's having a great time on a motorcycle. There, yeah, is, yeah. there is so much joy in this picture, and I suspect... <laughs> Steve's mom sitting on the front of the bike and she's having a lot of fun with it. It is just a great picture. So That's thank great. you for that. That is my absolute favorite. And um, yeah, lovely. All right. And you had one more, but it's a pretty long one. Do we want to save this or do you want to get into this? This one... You know what? I'm going to break it down into two halves because there was something about intercoms and I think we could... We well... Could, Let's, um... How are we doing for time? Yeah, we've only got like five minutes. Now, you know what? Let's save this one yeah, yeah, till yeah. next week. Yeah, let's save. Let's save that one. Yeah, it's a shame because I, I do know a tad about intercoms. I know you do. Oh, I've got a lovely surprise for you as well, Cap. And it's Wait. not in my trousers. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, is this the surprise, Emma? Are you going to spread your legs for him? He doesn't have to... <laughs> It's getting steamy in here. Ooh, do I smell dim sum? Yes, you do. <laughs> with, I like with dim brown, sum. With brown gravy. <laughs> British racing brown. God, that's all there was in the UK was every dish was served with peas and brown gravy. Gotta love it. I know. Thank you. Oh, Thank you. God. Somebody who recognized my pain <gasps> everywhere we went. And mushy peas are not better than no. peas. No. No, no, peas are the best. <laughs> no. It's it mushy peas are revolting. I'm sorry yes. people in the north, but garden peas, especially nice fish garden peas. So many many years ago, this is probably gosh, 30 um over 30 years ago, Britain <laughs> Britain had this prime minister who's the fellow in charge called John Major. And he was notorious for not being a very interesting man and not having a great deal of personality. <laughs> and um, you're, you're accusing a British person of this. Yes. <laughs> and um, 
it, the uh, there was a show on at the time called Spitting Image, where they do caricatures oh, of people. Oh, it's, oh, it's oh, brilliant! It's there were brilliant. lots of sketches of John Major having having peas for his tea. <laughs> oh, could I have some more tea, more peas, please? Oh, and Kat, <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I haven't seen you. Guess where I'm going to go for Christmas? What? I give you a clue. The what? tattoo on my wrist. I can't see it from here. It says danger. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go to merry old England. Oh, blimey. To go visit hmm. danger. Go blimey. Danger? You're a caution. Haley's daughter, who yeah. I gave the middle name danger Shut to right. and got the tattoo on my wrist. Nice. I'm going to go to take Haley to get her tattoo. Oh, fantastic. Cool. Oh, lovely. Oh, danger. Are you, yeah. staying, are you staying in the Welsh cottage? Or is it? Oh, it's not in Wales, no, is it? It is in Wales. It is in Wales. Yeah, you know how you know it's in Wales? There are sheep around? No, because what did, what did the streets say again everywhere? Uh, uh, oh, jeez. Uh, what, what, how, how do you say slow down in Welsh? Yeah, altif. 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 I do remember in Welsh, altif. The, the public restroom is the toilet dow. <laughs> but yeah, all the roads say it says stop and altif yeah. to let you know. Okay. Or altif. Um, so yeah, uh, no, that I don't think I'm going to go there, but I'm going to go back to England because I had such a good time and I'm going to go see Haley and visit. You're going to find it quite cold oh around God, Christmas time. Oh no, I haven't thought of that. Yeah, you will find it quite chilly. But the other reason too is because I want to put on a silly hat, pop a cracker and eat a pie. A and mince, that's the place to go. A mince mm-hmm. pie with brandy butter. There you go. Oh, and eat a roast. Yes. I hear those are all the things you must do. Are they going to get offended if I say, hold the peas? Yeah, they will. You've got to eat your peas. <laughs> oh. And here's the interesting thing, which will be something new. At three o'clock, you have to sit in front of the television set. Because traditionally the Queen would give the Queen's speech at three, but now, of course, it'll be the oh. King's speech. Is this the first year he's doing it? Then? I think so. Oh, yeah. mm. Big challenge. Big moment for him. So, yes. So, yeah, I'm going to be heading back out. Um, Kat, thank you for coming down and yep, nope, catching off up. Heading to Portugal uh, at, at the end of the, uh, literally a week from now, I'm in Portugal to uh, start preparing for the next tour. God, Layout Escapes. Beautiful LayoutEscapes.com. Uh, please sign up for the email list because the new calendar for 2024 is coming out and I'll have to do a bit of work with uh, Emma and Liza to see what's uh, obviously, we are already taking bookings for the tour for the Dolomites training tour. We have seven people, and for the Castles and Curves tour, there's already three people. Wow! Yeah. So, uh, but there's also the possibility of doing Tuscany and maybe the Pyrenees as well for the training tours. Again, uh, same same low price. So. And Z Traveler Z Yeah, no. Follow Z's adventures. So help support her. Read her book. Um, you like I said, you put in the work. You, you, this is, this is your, your baby. This is your book baby. Yeah. It was a life goal for me. I'm really excited to have. Congratulations. It. You did it. It's, that's hard. Even we had somebody here today, like I have a degree in English. How'd you do that? And I said, yeah, he's just, asking me and I'm like, uh, just, well, and here's the thing too. It and, and this is, this is some, it. my advice to any potential writers out there. It doesn't matter how educated you are. As long as you write in your voice. Right. And Z does that. And that she takes practice. Her voice. It's not a degree that's going to give you that. It's practice writing Just your story. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. Mm-hmm. 
So yeah, you know, posting on Facebook every day—that's that, a good experience if you're actually using it to better refine the way you would tell a story. And what better advice for life itself? Live your life in your voice. Don't be anybody else. Well, and on this week, I'm going to ask for on the emails. What do you think I'm going to ask for? Oh God, guilty pleasure, guilty, <laughs> guilty pleasure. I want to know what is your guilty pleasure. Listen, listeners, you've got homework. There are still some places in the country that have a little good weather left. Go on a fucking ride and tell us about it. That's number one. I want to know what is your guilty pleasure What's your guilty pleasure? Number three. Keep sending us old lady pictures. (laughs) (laughs) They're the greatest. Oh, we're just asking for it. We're just asking for it. All right. Well, um, I think that's ready to wrap up. I think so. Big thanks again to Patreon. Yes. All of y'all keep us going. We appreciate it. Yes. And um, yeah. Yeah, I just, I, but especially all of our listeners, you guys are great. Yes. Keep the emails coming, yes. please. And uh, and if you haven't yet, figure out how to get here and come and visit us. Yes. Or go on a trip with Emma and Kat or buy Z's book. There we go. I said it all. There you so, go. Wrapping that- it up. Thank you, everybody, for sticking with us. I appreciate it. Time to get out of here. This is Liza. Emma Darling. Z Traveler. Ride the Dream. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool, cool. Cool, cool.